deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the griffin. In that case, uh, let's go in one and two and three and... Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, Zizi. And I'm Liz. And Liz, um, you know, we we have we are running, I would say, a successful podcast. Yeah. I I I think that we are we're doing really good. We get a lot of engagement on our posts. We get a lot of people listening to our episodes. We have some great iTunes reviews. I'm very thankful for all that. Um, but I feel like we could probably take our business to the next level with some genius knowledge. Uh, that sounds excellent. I, I think that every business could probably use some genius knowledge. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I know that, um, we, we've talked about them before. We've used them as a source many times, but of course on our bonus episodes, we've discussed, uh, MuggleNet, mm. uh, uh, that famous website we all know and love. Right. Our favorite website now that Wizarding World has... Uh, eaten uh, 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 Pottermore whole. At Ford Pottermore? Is that what Ford you're saying? Po- oh, no. Ooh, that's not what I was saying. But I'm that- sorry. You can't say it ate <laughs> Pottermore whole and not... <laughs> And not have me go there and then act act scandalized that I would even <laughs> say such a thing. Do you think, do you, do you think like one day that's going to just be a like a, a common parlance metaphor? Because like, like it's like, you know, such and such a swallowed blank hole. That's a pretty common metaphor, right? Like that's a that's a common figure of speech. Uh-huh. Is it is it going to water down to like, oh, uh the the Dow Vord S P today? Or something. I think, that, I think that we could maybe try to start that. If, <laughs> if that's what you're asking me. We're, yes, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're on uh, the cutting edge of uh-huh. making Vord just an acceptable term. I mean, that's... Great. great. We've gotten off to a great start today. <laughs> Some really good stuff. I had I had such a great I I was running into this episode like we're I have a great intro here we're gonna read some of mm. the funny MuggleNet guys tweets <laughs> uh-huh. fully off the rails already. You yet. can't blame this on me. I can't. You're right, but but maybe I can. You know, you've dealt me some psychic damage there for sure. Mm-hmm. My brain, my brain, the HP meter is is waning for sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, maybe I can heal it with some, some Twitter knowledge from, uh, the, the founder of MuggleNet. Yeah. Who is, who is a business whiz who has, who has some real gems that I think would be real, you know, might be worth just filing away in our, in our noggins before we get into our podcast today. Right. I, I really like that. And, and I think that it'll be good to do, especially because as we've watched kind of the evolution of MuggleNet, uh, and realize that, that the website is without the founder um, yeah he's the gone founder. it's like what muggle net will be missing out on um and, and maybe kind of go go a ways to explain kind of their um journalistic like wishy-washy behavior lately yeah yeah he's got he's gone although to be fair i don't know how much of a hand he had in muggle net because i certainly never got the vibe from MuggleNet while he still owned it that I get from these tweets. Um, but uh, we'll let the audience be the judge here, I guess. Sure, sure. 
my number one speed reading hack, mm-hmm. listen to the audiobook while you read the book. Keeps you focused, uses visual and auditory processing systems. You will be able to increase your speed to to two to three times in no time. Trying to get back to regular reading will feel painful and slow. All right, so I've got a question. Yeah. I've got a couple. Yeah. I think listening to audiobook takes more time than to reading. Totally, yeah. Because, I, I mean, it's like reading out loud, right? Like, if I were yeah. to read a, pa- a paragraph of text in my head, that would take less time than to say the words out loud, Absolutely, right? I agree. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fast reader, for sure. That's just how it is. So my follow-up question, is this... Um, is this like working out with the turtle shell on your back? Um, the, the kind of Dragon Ball method. It's like it's slowing you down. You're reading and you're listening to the audiobook, which is like holding you back the whole time. Yeah. And once you read without the audiobook slowing you down, you're going to be so fucking fast. Yeah, these are the, this is the weighted training gear. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like that. That that makes sense to me. You're forcing yourself to read slower. You're taking in every word and you're also getting the words in your ears. That would honestly hurt to do. I like listening to music while I read, but it can't have lyrics. Uh, if I hear words while reading, that's a problem, I think. Yeah, it definitely. Well, but they are the words that are on the page, right? That's true. So I, then, I think yeah. you'd be fine, but I think you would have a hard time not reading ahead. Yeah, yeah. Let's find another one. Let's, uh, let's yeah, see. Yeah, because I really feel like I learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we can always learn more. That's true. Uh, a cult is a startup religion. A child is a startup human. A date is a startup marriage. A town is a startup city. And a protest is a startup resolu- revolution. Okay, you're going to have to take the lead on this one. Because I had I, I kind of um, uh, brain blasted with the weighted training other one, but I, I'm going to need, need you to pull out some meaning here for me. This is just some good business observation. Mm. Uh, there's one reply to this. Okay. It says, and a lot of startups fail. Fortunately for humankind, fewer and fewer humans are failing for lack of funding. Hashtag factfulness. Huh? Interesting. I wanna, yeah, I want to live in the world this guy's in, where 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 fewer and fewer people are poor. And I think, and I think that's the business world, you know. I, yeah, I guess I guess we got to get into the business world. Just I mean, get into d- the business world. This sounds like maybe the, a very boring MMO. It's like you know, get away from you know your dreary life. Uh, you're feeling like stuff in the news is really bad. It's like I'm going to log in and go to business world. <laughs> That's Eve Online. That MMO exists. We we could start a business. You're we right. Could, You're right. We could we could start a corporation in Eve Online and uh, and 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 do business in the stars. That's right. That's right. Uh, do crops know there are slaves? Do cattle, or do they think they're free and we're their slaves because we feed and care for them? Mm, I don't. I don't think. Crops have brains. <laughs> Much to think about here. I have a proposal. I think that I've been really missing the um, 101 Ways to Kill Umbridge Oh, me segment. too. That was really great. And I feel like maybe we should replace it with uh, a, a moment of wisdom from Emerson, founder of MuggleNet. I'm worried that might be too powerful. We Our brains we can try, just though. Get- too big. Uh, yeah, well, and consider every listener will hear them as well. 
we, our brains will get too big and we will create like a botnet of fans whose brains are just getting fucking huge. They're all logging into business world. They're all logging into business world. They're going to join our EVE Online Corporation and we're going to make so much money. That's right. Oh, yeah, I like that. Well, Liz, it is Magical Mischief Month. We're there again. Uh, yeah, I know because I voted in a poll. Oh, what did you vote? I, so this was going to be my first news <laughs> ar- ar- uh, item. Uh, was that uh, it's Magical Mischief Month. It's been a whole year. March is apparently the the month of magical mischief. I want to know what you voted. Uh, what were the options? What what and and you know let, let, walk walk me through this. Let me... I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you um, a story about my Twitter dysfunction. Okay. I've talked about it before about how um, I think I have a poster's brain, but there's like a missed connection between my brain and like what I what I can post, and mm-hmm. so and I feel bad because I have I have so many followers. I'm f- so famous on Twitter now because of this podcast, <laughs> uh-huh. um, but I but I don't post, right. you know. Um, and so people are like, "Hey, wh- you know, where 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 were the posts?" And um, this poll went around um, on the Wizarding World Twitter account, and maybe like it it might have been posted on a few of them, which also confuses me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a tournament style bracket yes, uh, between it's, it's... different different pranks and and funny moments in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So um, I voted in the first one, which I believe was between um, the giggle water yes, moment giggle water. from Fantastic Beasts, boring yeah. snooze, um, and the other one, which is the cake drop from Chamber of Secrets, Dobby's Dobby's, Dobby's. prank. Mm-hmm. And so I voted for cake drop and was dismayed to find that it was losing in the polls. It, to giggle water? To giggle water. And really? then not only that, but it was on the day of the big the big real voting that is happening that I don't ah. really like want to talk about too much. Mm-hmm. But I, I had a um, full tweet drafted where I was going to re I was gonna rig rig the poll and I was going to retweet <laughs> to all of my many followers. And it was going to be a two-part tweet, and it was like, part one, please vote for Bernard. Part mm-hmm. two, if you have time, also vote for Cake Drop, because I'm going to lose my mind <laughs> if Cake Drop doesn't win. Right. I deleted the post because I have because of my dysfunction. Oh, that would have been a really good post. Yeah. You, you, do, you do have the poster's brain. I know. And I mean that as a compliment. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you you have a powerful poster's brain. You and you like you absorb all of the post knowledge. Oh, I know. But you just don't make the posts. And I'm thinking uh, maybe that honestly makes you the most powerful poster. It's just, it's all in there. It has it's no way to get out. It's like it's like you know. There's always like those legendary you know those martial artists who can Ooh. knock someone out with one punch because they just have all of the energy inside them and they never have to use it. Mm, this might also be kind of a turtle shell uh, training moment where it's like I'm installing everything into my brain and exactly. not downloading any of it. You're not downloading any. Right. Yeah. You're you're just you're. <laughs> but one day you will take the training weights off and you're going to like, I don't know, you're going to bofa Jeb Bush or something and just 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 destroy him. That'd like, be great. You'll un- you'll unleash you'll unleash your true posting power. I, I think Jeb Bush is kind of um, maybe kind of low on my radar, and I think that I think that I'm probably installing all of this um, so that instead I can maybe both a J.K. Rowling at some point. Oh, that would be I. You know I, I can I get your uh, your opinion on something? Perhaps I keep on. I I have been trying to think of ways 
to, and, and I know that this sounds like vaguely psycho, <laughs> but like I want to antagonize J.K. Rowling more, like mm. directly. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I have, I have like, similar to you, you know, drafting posts and they, and then getting rid of them. I have definitely like almost sent JK Rowling some very rude things slash images before. Right. And then thought better of it or, sure. or just chickened out or whatever. But I, I've like come up with a plan because the thing is, I think, th I think that like on her main account, like one, she probably doesn't log in all that much except to like, like, or retweet transphobic news articles and she probably has, like, everyone muted immediately on that thing, right? She's got a million followers. She never sees anything. Mm -hmm. But there is also, I have discovered, there is a uh, Robert Galbraith account. Ah! Like, an in-character Robert Galbraith account, where mm -hmm. which is also definitely her. You think uh, so? You don't think, like, it's oh, a... I mean, it's her, but it, you don't think it, it's run by someone else? No, it's definitely her, because she, like, likes and retweets everything on it immediately. Like, she's hmm. definitely, like, switching between them. Interesting. Um, And it only, like, you know, I say only. It has 63,000 followers, which, you know, uh, it's a lot, but, like, it's it's much lower. Yeah, I don't I don't have quite that many, but <laughs> sure, it is lower. And, but it, it has... um. It has way, way lower engagement than anything. And mm -hmm. I feel like harassing the Robert Galbraith account could be a really good way. Like, just to, to know that she's going to see it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I want to, like, set a goal to, like, get blocked by the Robert Galbraith account or something. Sure. Here's what I think. And I'm not necessarily um, objecting to that as much as, you know, given my opinion. Yeah. I th I've been reading House of Leaves right now. Mm. I believe our podcast is like the monster that is just in like your peripheral vision, right? <laughs> uh -huh. Like growling at all times. Mm -hmm. um, you know, don't turn around. Don't look at it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's there. That's us right now. And I think okay. that that would change if, if we if we started, you know, doing some cyberbullying. Okay. If I started if I started cyberbullying Robert Galbraith. I don't even know. I wonder <laughs> if it would be better. Like, not even just like, you know, I could just say like, hey, fuck you, nerd, or whatever. Like, sure. You know, but, but like, I, I kind of think a good bit would just be uh, repeatedly asking the Robert Galbraith account if he knows J.K. Rowling. Mm. Like treating like treating it like he is Robert Galbraith, a real person, and just talking to him like he's Robert and asking asking questions about J.K. Rowling. I think that could be really funny, right? And it's also kind of like a joke on us, like we're confused, right? Right, exactly. Like I like that. That's maybe a bit that we could do. I don't know. I, this is just something that's been percolating. Like I want, you know, maybe this is just like like. You know, maybe I just need to, like, go jog or something to get this energy out. But I'm like, I just, I want to be mean to J.K. Rowling to her face a little bit, maybe. Um, but uh, but maybe maybe that is a bad use of my time <laughs> and account. Uh, yeah, I feel like that might be kind of a descent into madness. Um, yeah. Whereas we are kind of the monster in the maze now. We don't want to be yeah. the person going mad in the maze. Yeah. Might be kind of a not quite... I what think that's do. probably the wiser route. As funny as it would be <laughs> to like DM Robert, Gal like are, let me see if Robert are Robert Galbraith's DMs open. Uh, okay, they are not. Okay, Robert Galbraith's DMs are closed, so mm. I cannot. I cannot ask right if he's, uh, anything about his books. That's a shame. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but yeah, you're right. You're probably right. That is the wiser call. Um, but it's Magical Mischief Month, you know, and 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 it just feels appropriate. What's more mischievous than this podcast? That's true. Not we much. are pretty mischievous. We're we're pretty mischievous on here for sure. Mm-hmm. I can't believe Giggle Water won. Though. I don't even remember that scene. It was he. It's it was the we. It's the very weird scene where he like walks up to the bar and the bartender is a house elf and the bartender says, "The yeah, haven't you ever seen a house elf before?" And and Jacob says, in not one of his best lines in that movie, uh, "Oh no, my my uncle was a house elf," and then drinks the drinks the Giggle Water. I think that they posted the poll across a few different accounts. Um, yeah. So there's no integrity here. No, absolutely not. This is this is a rigged bracket for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so I found the full thing. So so this was the wizardingworld.com post about this. Sure. Um, and I think I finally understand why March is mad because like the, our big question last year was why not April, the month of fools, right? Like uh-huh. that—that's the jokes month, right? I this thought. is the month of, of shamrocks, right? This is yeah. <laughs> oh, that's something. Okay, that's how I get my mischief quote out. I need to make another rude video about the Irish and Harry Potter again. <laughs> That—that's what I can do. Okay, that's how I can get this energy out. I don't um, know. I don't know how deep that well could be. <laughs> no, J.K. Rowling seems to have a real problem with the Irish. Uh, sure. Um. But uh, I think it's like March Madness, like it's the basketball bracket thing. That seems like a reach. But it's a bracket. That's the only thing I can think of is is that they've posted a bracket and it's oh. March, and it's and it's it's a it's a because we've got Giggle Water and Cake Drop, and then this other game simultaneously is Bogart Snape and Cornish Pixies. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one which is Ron's howler and uh, the the slug vomit scene. Right. And then there's bank heist and Pickett being clingy, which I don't consider mischief. That's just sad. Pickett's just a sad little guy. I don't think that's mischief. Uh-huh. Yeah. But those are all brackets, and then it's going to come down, and then there's going to be a semifinals. It's going to be the winners of those, and then there's a big trophy in the middle so mm-hmm. i think it's supposed to be a march madness thing which is really weird because i don't like it that's a very american thing is is march madness i don't i, I don't do you know. think that march madness should be more mischievous if they were allowed to do more mischief in basketball i would probably watch it yeah if they were allowed to like put like banana peels on the court mm-hmm. or something like or if they had like mario kart rules or something i'd watch that Sure, why not? Yeah. I don't um, know. If, if Cake Drop doesn't win this whole thing, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> I'm not. We are only endorsing Cake Drop. <laughs> We're not. I'm not voting for anything. I'm just not even voting for anything else. What's the no, point? It's Cake Drop. It's Cake Drop or, or Bust. Is, uh-huh. That's is, right. Is my political position here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got one more news item for us here. Yeah. Um, And it is that... Uh, uh, Okay, I actually have two here. <laughs> this is I'm a problem. I'm so scared. This is this is a this is breaking news. Oh okay. shit! Okay, so the first one I was going to read was that uh, J.K. Rowling is renovating her two million pound uh, Edinburgh mansion with a new kitchen, scullery, and pantry, and will erect four foot high gates uh, at the <laughs> 162 acre per share estate. 
Is that the uh, one with the hedges? The out of control hedges? Yes, I think it. Yes, yes. Okay. I would. Okay. I. What it like? Like if you if you if money was no object to you. Great. And and you 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 know you were handed just you know an unlimited purse and you were told make you know make your uh uh you know make your dream home purchase. Mm. Would you would the concept of having a scullery ever cross your mind? Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I do know that word. A lot of stuff has fallen out of my head, so let me just look it up real quick. Um, a scullery. I mean, is is it for like servants to do your dishes? Away yeah, from it's like the your room eyesight? That the Yeah, it's the room that like the servant. I know, I know sculleries. I know of sculleries because of Redwall. That's where I first encountered this word. I think. I mean, I am. I have certainly at many points in my life known what a scullery is, and it has certainly left my brain Mm -hmm. at many points. So I always have to relearn. Yeah, it's like the maid's kitchen. It's like the. It's like where they take all the stuff to clean. Yeah, I mean, Uh, I guess this. I guess this implies that she has a like a like a full time chef at all times, or gets a lot of stuff catered at her house, right? Yeah, I would imagine so. Or like, like, it's it's one of those weird things where it's like, does she actually have like staff at her house? I mean, probably, right? But like, if if she doesn't, is she just like enamored with the idea of like, no, my house simply must have a scullery. I must live in a creepy Victorian because it's this is like a Victorian mansion, right? I'm kind of surprised it doesn't already have a scullery. I mean, I'm assuming it does, and she just wants to renovate it, right? It's oh, that's true. Old. It's getting a new kitchen scullery pantry and and this scullery room. just won't do. This it, what, I cannot I cannot stand having my guests <laughs> over and they see this old old ass scullery. They're embarrassed. They're like, don't let don't let me come over again and see this this unrenovated scullery this is embarrassing this shit is just straight up embarrassing you call this a scullery you can't have the queen over with a scullery like that (laughs) what what will what will people think (laughs) of my scullery so no i don't think i need a scullery in my dream house yeah i i just i i thought that was very funny i mean i mean good good for her i guess she's she's living the Living the dream. Um, and then my final piece of news here that was the uh, the, the news alert that, that popped up for me was uh, the, the Zynga Harry Potter Match 3 game is out, but only in the Philippines. Oh. Uh, if we have any listeners in the Philippines, please download that and uh, and send send me some screenshots. I would Great. Love, I would love to see. Because it apparently, according to this article, includes... Uh, it will feature characters... Mm-hmm. Settings, spells, and more from the Wizarding World. Uh, no themes or facts, though. No themes or facts, but it That's will include settings and spells. Wonderful. Um, which are kind of themes. Sure, why not? They're close enough, right? You know, I've been playing mobile games lately. Oh yeah, what have you been mm-hmm. playing? Um, I've been playing idle games. My computer's broken, so that's so that's my new thing. Wait, um, idle I D O L or I D L E. Ellie. Okay. Okay. Uh, Which ones? Uh, I've been playing AFK Arena. Which ones? You that? probably you probably know it from oh. the Bonkers YouTube ad push. 
Yeah, but is that the one that has like the really cute art? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen the Twitter ads for this, and I like I keep on looking at it and going like, hmm, I yeah. like that art. Yeah, the art's adorable. Yeah, it's um, great. So I've been playing that. Um, I did download Hogwarts Mystery, um, and it got a little bit bored with the story that I've already played through. But I mm. will, I will be pushing through. But I still, even in this this new world that I'm in, playing mobile games, I don't know if I have the the patience for a match three game. Yeah, I I don't know. I, so when you said idle games, I thought you were going to tell me like, oh, I, I'm playing Love Live now. No, uh, I'm 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 playing uh, the other one, the other one of those, Idol Master. Or right. No. No. I I uh, I keep I keep on like almost playing Grand Blue. That's my version of this. Oh sure. Because that I, I like every time I see art from Grand Blue, I'm like, damn. That art's really cool, and then I remember that it is a it is a mobile gotcha game, and I just I can't I can't have it in my life. No, I I will spend money on it. I will be a fool. I can't do I can't do this. I can't let this evil into my life. No, it's it's kind of it's kind of the the kind of a parallel universe bad end that I'm picturing, which is um the harassing Robert Galbraith and and playing and playing mobile (laughs) games for you, and I just I don't want that for you. I appreciate you looking out for me like this. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Well. So, okay. So if you have any, if you have any mobile gamers listening to us in the Philippines, please uh, check this out and send me some of the themes, characters, and facts that it features. Oh, excuse me. The characters, settings, and spells that it features. Hmm. All right. Well, that was a jam-packed news session full of a lot of brainstorming this week. I like that. We got some yeah. ideas, some ideas going. But so our, our brains are nice and primed. I think it's time for us to listen. For, mm, mm, okay. My brain was clearly not ready there. <laughs> my, brain, my brain completely fell apart there, actually. I'm just thinking it's, about. It's growing pains, you know? It's growing pains. I'm thinking about bullying Robert Galbraith on the you're internet. Making, you're making new new connections, new neurons in the brain are firing, and there's just bound to be mishaps. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's get into our chapter for the week. What do you say? Yeah, sounds good. We read chapter 21, The Unknowable Room. I have my notes this week, so hopefully I won't um and hmm as much. Okay. Harry, uh, kind of like us this week, is just having a big a big think about how <laughs> how in the heck he's going to get this memory from Slughorn, uh, the one that uh, is going to tell him what 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 on earth Slughorn told told Voldemort when he was in school. Uh, but he can't think of anything, so he just spends a lot of time reading that potions book. It it must be a very long book, uh, and he finds a new spell in it that's intriguing, and he wants to try it out as soon as possible. Um, it's Sectum Sempra, uh, and all it says above it is four enemies. So he's kind of He's he's a little bit um, mischievous right now, and it's like I'd like mm. to like to find some time to try that one out. Hermione is kind of watching him read the book for answers about Slughorn, and explains to him that it's probably not just a puzzle that he needs to solve with a spell or something. He was probably given the task because he has a unique persuasive ability uh, to Slughorn, and that he should just go and talk to him and figure that out. Ron is is nervous um, because he and Hermione get to take the the apparition test kind of earlier than Harry uh, and have some kind of extra practices that they can go to. But Ron is the only one of the three of them that has has not successfully apparated yet. Um, 
and and we kind of get a little bit of like slice of life context for that that he's just kind of worrying about it and Ron and Hermione are getting along again and and Harry's relieved about that Hermione's helping Ron with his homework um and Ron is kind of complaining in the common room about how uh, he's he's sick of lavender. He wants her to break up with him, so he's just kind of like being mean to her uh, and and hoping that she'll go away. But but the more he kind of tries to push her away, the more she um, holds on tighter, uh, and he's kind of bummed out about that. Um, Dobby and Creature show up uh, suddenly to tell Harry uh, to give Harry um, their report on following Malfoy for a week. Um, Dobby says that basically, you know, they've been following him around, uh, and Malfoy is sucks, but he's not doing anything wrong. Uh, but he has been making a lot of weird trips to the seventh floor with random people who are girls that I guess are still unnamed. And Harry has a, has a brainwave about that and realizes that he's in the room of requirement and the girls have been crab and goyle the whole time. He speculates that, uh, Draco must have stolen some polyjuice potion from their first uh, potions class that year. Um, the next day we get um, some stories from the Daily Prophet because some messed up stuff has been happening in the news, um, including Mendunkus Fletcher, um, who was arrested for doing uh, what sounds like a like a house burglary by pretending to be uh, an infurious, inferous. I'm just going to call them zombies from now on. Okay. Um, the other little snippets we get are um, Octavius Pepper has vanished and a little kid tried to kill his family. Uh, being under the Imperius curse. So it's just kind of a messed up time in the wizarding world right now. Uh, Harry spends a bunch of time trying to break into the room of requirement to see what Malfoy's up to, but no luck. He thought it would be easy. Uh, he thought he could just think in his head, you know, I want to see what Malfoy's up to, but it doesn't work. Uh, Harry has to go to Snape's class um, and Snape uh, spends some kind time kind of drilling them about the difference between uh, zombies and ghosts uh, and mocks Harry and Ron a lot. Harry gets suspicious of Snape again because um, Snape says something um, co- like uh, like he doesn't like Menungus Fletcher and Harry's like, aren't they supposed to be on the same side? Uh, Harry and Ron, after class, uh, go to uh, the bathroom uh, nearby to kind of dodge lavender who ron doesn't want to see where they um have a chance meeting with moaning myrtle who um says she's been meeting a boy who is sad and lonely uh ron makes fun of her until she goes away um hermione is kind of sick of harry being obsessed with malfoy and reminds him once again please talk to slughorn and figure it out um harry gets defensive because uh he has been trying to talk to slughorn but slughorn's been avoiding him uh Hermione and Ron end up going to those extra lessons uh, for apparition, um, and Harry uses that time to sneak up on Goyle, who is, um, I guess it's either Crab or Goyle, who's disguised um, as that same like first-year girl from the previous chapter, uh, and scares him until he runs away and basically stands guard outside of the room of requirement, hoping that Draco will come out and he can catch him with whatever he's doing. Um, it's a really long time. Draco's not coming out, but Harry does run into Tonks, who is not looking great. She looks like she's lost weight. She's very sad and just out of it. Um, and Harry kind of asks her what she's doing and she's going to see Dumbledore, but Dumbledore is gone. And Harry asks her, you know, do you know where he's going? She doesn't. Um, Harry later tells, um, Ron Hermione about seeing Tonks and says that she looked real messed up. Um, and kind of wonders out loud, even though it's upsetting to him, uh, that maybe Tonks is so sad because she was in love with Sirius. That's the end of the chapter. 
I'm glad I'm glad we have insane Harry Potter back. Yeah. We we've had so we we were kind of in a little bit of a doldrums for a while, just like bad pensive chapters. Mm-hmm. Then we finally had like I would say like a pretty good chapter in there, right? A couple Which weeks one was ago. that? I think that was like episode 100, maybe 101. We had we had a, we had a pretty okay. Yeah, there's sure. no there's like a pretty okay chapter in there. Sure. And now we are back to one of my favorite flavors of Harry Potter chapter, which is just like uh uh complete nonsense. Mm. But in a fun way sometimes. Uh I th- this one was all over the place. Um it is I would say like catastrophically bad from like a, like a uh, <laughs> uh, uh, like structural standpoint great um but i appreciate it nonetheless just because like th- this is the fun kind of bad chapter where it's like okay yes y- yes it makes no sense yes it is obvious ass pull exposition to move the story forward but good lord the story is needed to move forward for a long time now so it, I'll take it, it. It does it feel a little bit to you like it did to me, which is that like you're going like ten miles per hour this whole time, and then like suddenly just like hitting the gas. And yeah, going, it's just like oh, and it's so I have like whiplash from this chapter. Yeah, this whole scene at the beginning, especially uh, with the trio talking, mm-hmm. it is like. It's really, really just like, like you say, just like really putting the, uh, putting a brick on the accelerator and just gunning it. Like it, it, they put together like basically every piece of the mystery that we've been screaming about for 20 chapters now. Yeah, but for no real reason. Like I understand that Davi and Creature show up and, and tell Harry what he already knew because it has been it has been saying over and over and over again like they like the girls and Malfoy have always been on the seventh floor mm-hmm. so we've known we've been screaming about it they tell him something that we've already known and presumably Harry also knows but the the change is just that he realizes it it's like oh i realized i had a brainwave i think this chapter says brainwave like three times yeah it, yeah i <laughs> I was really, really fond of how many times, I mean, like, it, like I said, it's very stupid uh, and, and like not, not good. But like I said, I appreciate it. This is like a better version of the, um, the serious cave chapter where he just mm. sort of like says the entire mystery at them for 10 paragraphs and then they like figure something out. Right. Right. This is a little better than that because it's at least an ensemble scene. Yeah. So, like, it, it, it's complete nonsense that the characters are, like, all suddenly processing all this information. Especially, like, Hermione and Ron, who have explicitly said and continue to say after this scene, like, after they come out of this, like, weird fugue state where they're solving the plot, um, that they don't care. <laughs> and that, like, they, they, they're not interested in this mystery. But, but by God, they have a lot to say about it this week. There's such a very funny effect that this all has, and it kind of goes back to what I was talking about as, like, to feeling like obsession is a theme of this book, and I guess in the fact that I'm saying that it feels that way, it probably is, Mm -hmm. but I think it, it doesn't mean to be, and so it feels like this endless frustration of feeling like Harry can't focus on the right thing. Mm Mm-hmm. 
over and over again. Yeah. And it's and it's almost interesting in that way because it's like, like, can we please get to something that is interesting and it keeps pulling us back to this like futile nothing that keeps happening. Yeah, it's interesting because like I like obsession is definitely a theme in this book, especially whenever Voldemort comes up, right? Uh-huh. But I don't know if all of these scenes of Harry being obsessed with things are like meant to be parallels because the things Harry is obsessed with are ultimately correct. Like like Harry is correct from the get-go that Draco is up to something. Yeah. Um and and really the only thing that it, it like his obsession is getting in the way of is doing this like dubious task for Dumbledore. And like maybe this is just cuz like my my view of that Dumbledore plot is so colored by feeling creeped out by Dumbledore at this point mm-hmm. that I don't I don't blame him for like not doing this insanely dangerous thing for Dumbledore. Uh, that he keeps being asked to do right like uh-huh. it's it's it, like it, it is obsession is absolutely a a, a conscious theme in this book mm-hmm. but i don't know if all the places it appears are conscious if that makes sense i kind of want to read the first paragraph of this chapter yeah and and maybe it's like it just struck me as so bizarre yeah like almost rushed and weird and i don't even know really what it's trying to say so i i just want to read it because it struck me as so weird harry racked his brains over the next week as to how he was to persuade slughorn to hand over the true memory but nothing in the nature of a brainwave occurred and he was reduced to doing what he did increasingly these days when at a loss pouring over his potions book hoping that the prince would have scribbled something useful in a margin as he had done so many times before <laughs> <laughs> just bizarre yeah like like yeah harry is obsessed with the book he thinks the book is his dad uh-huh but i don't know if that's like meant to be a parallel with voldemort and like horcruxes right like i mm-hmm. i just don't I, I don't know i mean like i guess i guess the real true test of this is going to be god I think four chapters from now when Harry finally uses Sectumsempra mm-hmm. and how the fallout from that works thematically. Like maybe this will all come together. Maybe, maybe I'm again, like I've said so many times, this is one of the books I remember least. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just don't know whether that stuff wraps up satisfactorily, but mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it will. Um, but, but here it is truly strange, especially when it is like trotted out here as just sort of like a vehicle to get all of the other characters to, uh, <laughs> to to like just solve the mystery out loud for us. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, what it reminds me of, like we have, uh, we have this scene here, which I think I I, I will say as 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 silly as this thing is overall, we have to take a moment to appreciate like this. God, I just did a really Reddit post there. We we have to take a moment to appreciate Creature and Dobby here. We do have to. We though. do have I, to. I will be logging I, onto Reddit.com right right now at this moment. I'm going to start making this post, um, and it's going to be like, can we please take a take a minute uh, to appreciate Creature and Dobby? We, we do, and I deserve Reddit gold for pointing this out. I think. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah. Creature and Dobby here. This is this is so good. I want 
I want nothing more than like for Creature and Dobby to just be a recurring like angel and devil on Harry's shoulder here. They're so good. It it makes me so sad about how fraught the house elf stuff. Um, because, yeah. and, and you put this image in my head, which is of them being like uh, little imps that Harry is summoning, right? Yeah. And so now, now I read this scene, and I'm like, this is this is so good. He he's summoning these weird little imps, which I which I love, and is is so much more like thematic, I guess, with like the weird magic stuff more so than this. Um, like very literal slave race that yeah. the books have made them into, but yeah. they show up and and they're just so, it's so funny. It's 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 charming. It's funny. It like th- they they work off of each other as like a good comedy duo. Like Creature is the grumpy one, Dobby is like the cheerful one. Like it is like it's really stock honestly right like it's this is like not an original like every disney movie has these two characters right like this is this is the the two gargoyles that hang out with uh um quasimodo this, this is the two uh imps that uh hades summons in hercules like these are mm-hmm. these are completely stock uh uh cartoon characters mm-hmm. but like they are such a breath of fresh air in this book and and especially considering, like you say, like the context of the house elves who like have a scene with these characters that is just genuinely fun to read and like is mostly free of the baggage of them being a disastrous, uh, 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 bizarre hypothetical question about like the ethics of slavery in this series, which is just continues to be i think this it like the series like as a whole like it's it, it's achilles heel like yeah. the all of all of the politics and all of the uh ethics of harry potter just collapses under under the 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 house elf and the spew stuff yeah but this sure. seems fun <laughs> like oh it's this, great this seems I, good here, here's the thing um, it really bothers me just in, like, I, I think that more than anything else, this book and, and some of the other ones that we've read, like, I think that the first couple were, like, pretty okay mysteries, and the third one was a pretty okay mystery, and then since then, every book pretends like it's a mystery, but none of the pieces make sense, and it doesn't, like, actually get to the meat of what makes a mystery, um, good and fun to read. Yeah. And I think this is such a perfect example of that where creature and dobby show up and what they are supposed to be delivering is a piece of information that makes the mystery click into place mm-hmm. right like it 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 is it is written and it it kind of walks the walk of them showing up and having like a a a missing piece yeah. and then harry can go like oh that makes all this other stuff make sense yeah but it can't deliver that so no. instead they they show up and they say information that we already have that makes Harry realize something. If that wasn't the case, this might be my favorite scene in the whole series, right? Like if <laughs> yeah. they had shown up and had like a piece of information that was that was vital and made the mystery interesting, like it was a real mystery, I would be like, damn, this is like some of the best stuff, especially since like Harry, this was Harry's idea. And like Harry forged this relationship with Dobby and made this work and like it would be so good, but that missing, that missing part, 
that the mm-hmm. reason that this like scenes like this exist and mm-hmm. are fun to read isn't there. Which do you want to hear my fix bad. it for this? Yeah, I do. Okay, so we have talked at length, and, and I, I will continue to talk about because it comes up in this chapter later. It is is just as silly there, but the um. The unnamed Slytherin girls. Yes. And you know how I've I've said multiple times there there should have been some identification of who those girls were, mm-hmm. so that could come back later as a like uh, uh and a uh, piece of like incongruent information, so Harry could figure out that they were being polyjuiced, right? Right. Like either he should run into these girls and say like, "Hey, what are you doing on the seventh floor corridor?" And they say, "What the fuck are you talking about? I was in." Quidditch practice, like, like, whatever, right? Like, there's so many sure. ways to do it. However, this chapter has made me realize that that is what it should be. They should know who these Slytherin girls are. They should be encountering them for real in other scenes. Like, maybe they come to harassment Quidditch practice. Maybe they're really mean to them during apparition lessons. Uh, somewhere where where Harry can see them and know that they are there and recognize like oh there's Pansy or there's uh Snodgrass like, you know there there's any pick pick a character right sure and then for Dobby to say oh Draco uh went to the seventh floor corridor with so and so and Harry goes wait a minute I saw so and so at that exact time at my apparition lesson or at the slug club or I don't know, name anywhere that Harry goes in this book. Right. You're a genius. Right. Like like this, that is the piece of information that Dobby can deliver to make us realize that, wait a second, we are in cat with these people are appearing in two places at once. And Harry can go, Oh my God, duh. I'm so stupid. Polyjuice potion. Yeah. Great. That's perfect. (laughs) There's my fix. I love that. There's my fix. That's easy too. Yeah, that's a really easy one. And it, it just goes to show how weird this book is. That like instead we get this this bizarre scene where where like you say, Dobby and Creature, as delightful as this scene is, they they um they very charmingly deliver some information that we all know and the other characters also all know and have just like not been thinking about. And then they go, Oh, now I get it. And also, like, the chain reaction that Harry has of, like, realizing stuff that doesn't actually, like, line up with what Do- with what Dobby's telling him. Mm-hmm. Like, he really daisy-chains together this whole polyjuice potion thing. Yeah. I-, I mean, the realization that the polyjuice potion exists is so funny considering that they've used it. Like, that it was necessarily stolen from, yeah. from the potions class is, is funny to me. Yeah, I think that's funny, but also it's just, like, like the piece of information that Dobby gives them is that, like, oh, he, Do- uh, uh, Draco goes to the seventh floor, and then, do- then I don't know, right? And then Harry can figure out, oh, the room of requirement. That should be honestly enough. I don't know why he also needs to have this, like two-page long revelation about oh also those unnamed girls must be crab and goyle <laughs> like why does well, hang on like slow down man like what are you talking about like the, the, there's zero that that is one of those like that is a mystery being solved purely for the audience right because mm-hmm. that doesn't there's no there's no rhyme or reason for him to actually think that right now right there there's no reason for him to to know that it's just that we we have encountered those nameless girls and so therefore they must be involved in the mystery yep yeah it is it is very silly like i said it is preferable to the serious cave scene i think 
Um, it's it's like a weird it's like a weird mix of scenes we've seen before. It is it's the serious cave scene, but with like the uh the character dialogue dynamics of a uh a clusterfuck in Hagrid's hut scene. Where like mm-hmm. a bu- where like instead of overhearing a bunch of characters just like talking through the plot with each other, Harry is involved in one of those scenes now. Mm-hmm. And then we immediately Harry having the brainwave realize that that Draco's been in the room of requirement. Every other character just immediately it's like the object has been revealed behind the protagonist's back, and all the other characters are like, "Oh, you shouldn't care about this. Don't do this. Do this other thing." <laughs> They're like. <sighs> They're, they're the annoying characters that are reminding him about the main quest when he's trying to do a cool side quest. Yeah. It's like, hey, hey, uh, do you want to do you want to keep doing this? No, I have. I want to get the cool armor. I have to complete the side quest first. Right. There's at least some like like I said like like functionally this scene is nonsense. Mm-hmm. But there's like like there's some really cute stuff in here. Like obviously the creature and Dobby scene that or, or conversation that's the highlight. Um, yes. But this thing with, like, Ron and Hermione being more, like, chummy with each other and, like, her correcting his paper, like, that's a cute conversation. I got a laugh out of the, the how-do-you-spell-belligerent scene. That was pretty good. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's some good jokes in there. It can't be B-U-M. No, it isn't, said Hermione, pulling Ron's essay towards her. And augury doesn't begin with O-R-G either. <laughs> like, that. There's, there's some good little jokes in there. Yeah, it's like it's like the book remembered that we should see these characters interact if they want to sell us on a romance. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. Uh, that was that was a cute little scene. Yeah, and uh, I, I kind of like Ron's uh, thing with lavender too. I think this is it's such a teen. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to be mean to her until she goes away, and it's not <laughs> working. She's yeah. just she's just clinging more. Like it's. It's mean, but it's so him. Yeah, it's 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 good. Like you say, like it's really good teen drama for him to just like have no idea how to handle this situation nicely, right? And he's just like, mm-hmm. well, okay, I guess I will just, I'll just, I'll just be mean. I guess I will just harass Robert Galbraith on Twitter, right? Uh, until until he blocks me. Mm-hmm. I feel like after we get out of, the, I mean, like like you said, like this scene is nonsense, mm-hmm. but the rest of it, I felt like I was in just like a fever dream, scene to scene. Yeah. So what, walk us through what happens next after this, uh, this like mystery solving moment. Um, I guess we get we get the breakfast scene where they get like how fucked up the news is. Damn, they keep on they they're reporting all the fucked up shit in the news today. They report all the fucked up shit, including Octavius Pepper has vanished. Oh, Octavius Pepper? Not Octavius Pepper. Octavius Pepper has vanished. Yeah, that's really sad. Um, <laughs> and then a, and then a nine-year-old kid is, it, it, like, he tried to murder his grandparents under the Imperius Curse or something. I love that's, like, the most messed up thing that she could think of. Yeah, that, that's the... <laughs> like, it's... <sighs> it, I, between between that and the Voldemort like serial killer stuff, I'm like she was really on like a true crime kick. Yeah, re- this is a this real book. SVU book. Like like she was, she, you know, on on our bonus episode this week, you were talking about your your uh, your history with Law and Order SVU. I think That's you, right. You and J.K. Rowling might share this uh, th- this uh, this taste. 
for for true crime in the 2000s. <laughs> it's like, like, oh, what is the most messed up thing I can think of? The most what kind of messed up, up stuff is Voldemort up to right now? <laughs> He's making a fucking nine-year-old kill his grandparents. Whoa! It's so good. Uh, and by good, I mean fucking stupid. But, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's quite a scene. I love that it also, like, that... Um, that like is enough to like prompt them to finish the rest of their breakfast in silence or whatever. It's like, damn, they're just so shaken up by this. That, that, that well, the yeah, news... they don't have they don't have Law and Order SVU at Hogwarts. They don't have Criminal Minds, so they're not used to <laughs> just seeing this kind of like messed up stuff. These crazy ideas, yeah. <laughs> so there's that, and that happens really fast. Um, and we get Harry um going to basically stand outside of the room of requirement waiting for Malfoy. We get two scenes of that happening in this chapter. We sure do. Um, this So this first one where he goes and like tries the, I, I, I was kind of interested in this scene like in the, I think this is like the most like technical breakdown of how the room of requirement works that we've ever gotten. Yep. And I don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah, because Harry goes into it thinking, like, oh, this is going to be easy. All I have to think is I need, I want to see what Malfoy's up to, right? Yeah. And the idea being that if Malfoy thought that he needed a room to be undiscoverable, that that takes priority over Harry's thing, I, right? I would love to see what the stack is like in the room of requirement. Like, like what what's the rules... What's the rules lawyering on on how the room of requirement works? Because the weird thing is, is that this scene highlights that this should work. Because when Malfoy found them in book five, mm-hmm. I think I think it, it, it's it's said fairly explicitly that like he was able to find them by thinking I need to find Harry Potter or whatever, right? Like he found out about the room. And then he like got in there, and 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 then he busted all the DA guys, and they had to run out, right? Because Filch was there, like that. That should work. And so them break the, the book breaking it down into this really granular, like Harry trying all of these ideas, like variations on like I need to see where Malfoy is. I need to know where Malfoy is going. Like it and it not working. I would kind of like to see a resolution to that and maybe we'll get it but i don't know if we do and i think it might just be a uh, it not working for the sake of the story right yeah probably yeah i yeah it it is i i guess i don't know how harry ends up getting in there so maybe there is a resolution to this and like is it is it playground rules is is draco going in thinking i need a place to put a vanishing cabinet and also I need for Harry Potter to not be able to find it ever. Like, is, is it, is it, is it like my robot has a laser? My robot has a shield that blocks all lasers. Well, my robot's laser can break through all unbreakable <laughs> shield. Like, is it, is it that, is it that rule set? Is that what we're operating under? I mean, th- this does seem to be like something that pops up a lot in this book. I mean, it is very reminiscent of like Harry tr- needing to tell creature to do stuff. Yeah, but it's like the gene. It's like genie, right? Like you don't, you can't. You have to cover all your, all your bases here. Um, 
and I, and I think that it goes, the room of requirement or, or Hermione goes to point out, it's like, well, we asked for a secret place to, to have our DA meetings. We didn't say it needs to like be unplottable. Right. Yeah. Which maybe, maybe they should have thought of that considering that she also thought of, I feel like that's something that she should have thought of considering that, uh, you know, she, she drew up the, the, the paper, that will uh, fuck your face up if you uh, if you snitch on on her, right? Uh, she seems like she'd be paranoid enough to figure that out, but uh, here we are, I guess. Uh, the language in this scene is some of the funniest that there has been in this book. Mm-hmm. I could not keep it together. Through, I need to see the place where Malfoy keeps coming secretly. I need to see the place where Malfoy keeps coming secretly. And then <sighs> Harry tried every variation of "I need to see what Draco Malfoy is doing inside you" that he could think <laughs> of. <laughs> uh, Drury Origins. Harry, we we're learning so much about Harry in this chapter. We we know that he has brain waves and is like conscious of them. Right. And now we know that one of his favorite tags is X-Ray. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's we're learning so much about our boy. Mm-hmm. I, his um, character stuff is... Did it strike you as just, like, the dialogue that he says and the way he acts is just completely different than he's ever spoken or acted ever before? Mm, kind of. But in a weird way... Um, the the thing that's happening here, in a way that I honestly appreciate, not because it makes sense, but because I just prefer it, mm-hmm. is that, like, this is kind of a return to, like, book one and two Harry. I guess this is, like, like sassy protagonist Harry yeah. again. Like, he's sneaking up behind Crab, and he's, like, he's, like, pranking them, and he's he's swearing, and he's, like, saying epic owns, and he's, like, like he's having very sarcastic internal monologues here like this is very different from the harry that we've had since book four where things really changed Mm -hmm. but it 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 at least reminds me of like the the bygone era of like books one two and three where he was like more or less a functional adult right Mm -hmm. uh uh, and you know he kind of for the sake of the story and like tone shift regressed into being a more realistic teenager yeah. And now he's back to being like functionally an adult again, which is weird, but like and, and like not good. You know, this this book it's kind of sudden, but like I just like it better, so maybe I'm letting it slide a bit. That's fair enough. I just think that he has a little bit of uh shades of of Tony Stark in him in this chapter. Oh, for sure. He's he is sassing people left and right. He's especially sassy with Snape. Uh uh and and it's, you know, I like it better than normal, but it, it, you're right in that it just sort of comes out of nowhere. And I think that in the context of this book feels very strange. Like, where is he getting this confidence and swagger from all of a sudden that he hasn't had since he was 13? I guess I just wish that his um, like character conflict or character motivations in this book just had a stronger like thrust to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that kind of comes out a little bit in the in the Snape scene and with the book. I just think that it doesn't take it to like its natural conclusion of like having him able to have a simple character motivation, which is like I, I know I joked about this before, but he's just like looking looking for a father figure because that's really like what he's doing and it keeps drawing this weird line with Snape over and over and over again yeah because he's like the book is my dad 
and we and we later find out that Snape is the book. Yeah. And he keeps like butting heads with Snape and having Hermione say things like, oh, but you kind of act the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it really like came through in the scene with Snape, which also excellent scene, by the way. I'm very biased. But there's that moment where Snape is kind of um, like really like insults Mundungus and says, you know, he's nothing, nothing but a he's not a zombie. He's a smelly a, 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 sneak thief. Smelly sneak thief, right? And Harry gets mad and is like, "Oh, I thought like I I'm suspicious of Snape. I think that that maybe Snape's not on our side because he should be allied with Mundungus." And I'm like, "Harry, do you not remember you just choked slash <laughs> Mundungus for the exact reason like you three waste- chapters ago?" Yeah, Harry wasted his ult on Mundungus earlier, mm-hmm. and now he's I, like, I, "Oh." But Snape should be nice to Mundungus. Very right. good stuff. I mean, is that not just drawing a very direct parallel? Is like Harry is the same as Snape. Yeah. And, and you know, the book the book is his dad and Snape is the book. Especially because Snape is specifically calling out that Mundungus is a thief. Right. Which is why Harry was pissed off with him previously. Yeah. yeah like, it, it feels so obvious a connection here. Um... I do I mean, like the, this. Is, like all of that stuff is all happening. Like, cause the, obviously Dumbledore is like the mentor figure and is kind of sinister and, and telling him what to do. And Harry is spending time worried about um, his similarities with Voldemort. You know, is Voldemort my dad? And mm-hmm. it's like, no, this book is my dad. The book is Snape. Like, I don't think that that is a reach. And I think that that's, I think that's there for a reason. Yeah. I, I, it just makes me all the more bummed of like where the Snape stuff is going to end up, you know. I, I yeah, I'm the first person to hate the Snape stuff. Although I am almost kind of more with it if you think of it less about Snape's story and Snape's arc as a character, as much as it has to do with Harry's and yeah. his relationship with Snape. I I think that I'm I'm very surprised that Snape is such a major character. Um, other than his killing of Dumbledore later. Yeah, that was always, I, I think we've talked about this before, but like there was the, there was the point in book five that I thought was going to be like our, basically our like farewell to Snape as a character, Mm -hmm. which actually has not been like, he has been very active in this book. Mm -hmm. uh, And, and like, you know, both through the book and in person is a really fun and interesting character still. Mm-hmm. That, that's been good. Like I, I, that's I think that's been one of the more pleasant surprises on this reread. Mm-hmm. Um, I will. Yeah, say, it's good. I mean, especially because yeah. he's going to have to do the the big climax of the book, right? Yeah, yeah. It's gonna really make... really weird way to phrase that. That well, yeah. That, yeah. Eh, you know what? Let him let him do that. Let him do the big <laughs> climax. Why not? <laughs> the thing that I really like about this scene with Snape uh-huh. is that. This is this is him on his peak, running down three flights of stairs to sit in a chair, uh, 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 petty bullshit. Yeah. Because the thing about this is that his question is stupid and Ron is correct. Yes. Snape has painted himself into a corner in this scene <laughs> and has no way out of it but to, like, 
be mean to a child. Yes. <laughs> and it's really funny. Because, like, the, the question that he poses is fucking ridiculous. Like, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> let us ask Potter how he would tell the difference between an inferior and a ghost. And there's really no other answer than the one Harry gives, which is, you know, well, ghosts are transparent, first of all. <laughs> like, it, he, he has asked a stupid question. He got a stupid answer, and he has no way out of it. <laughs> Right? Like, yeah, and he does the classic Snape thing where she's just like, oh, you're just, you're not subtle enough to understand. You're not, you're not big brain enough to, to have a good answer. Yeah, he just, he, he just goes on, he just writes a whole forum post back at Ron and Harry about how, uh, what, you know, the, the intricate differences between these two creatures. It's like, well, they're, but they're still right. A ghost is a fucking ghost, and is and an inferior is a zombie. Like right, they're they're completely different, and that is absolutely how you would tell the difference between them. But I love that he, I love that Snape sticks to his guns. You know, like he will never back down from a fight no. with a teenager. Absolutely not. <laughs> Like there's there's this part where he goes, oh, very good. Interrupted Snape, his lip curling. Yes, it is easy to see that nearly six years of magical education have not been wasted on you, Potter. Ghosts are transparent, but like you, you can see there that he knows that he's lost this argument, right? Like he's like, oh fuck, I have <laughs> like, no. Oh, that's such yeah, a dumb question. Yeah, like like he he re that really blew up in his face, but he will never. He will never admit it, and that's why I respect him. Absolutely. Snape would never delete a tweet. Like, Snape would never... Snape never admits he's wrong. He'll never mm -mm. delete a post. He is a king, and I respect it. I respect <laughs> I respect this, this move so much. He, he values winning a fight with a teenager so much that he will, he will just make it about something. He will just move the goalposts immediately after he realizes what a dumb fucking question he asked. Absolutely. Um, I am very intrigued by the idea that Harry um, thinks that he's going to get fail his paper to Snape, even though it's probably good, and it's because he disagrees with the right way to fight a Dementor. I want to know that yeah, there the, are other ways. Yeah, what's the other way? Like, I, I, I legitimately would like to know, especially because, um, like, Snape, we, we see Snape use a, a, a Patronus in this series, right? Yeah, and, like, probably my least favorite scene in the whole series. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do. I hate it. Yum, I hate yum, it so yum. fucking much. It's so bad. It yum, makes me yum. so angry. I'm dreading it more mm -hmm. than anything else in my life right now. Mm -hmm. um, Can't but, yeah, wait. we do see him do that, but he thinks that there's a better way. Um... And I love what the, I like. I do, one, I do want to know what that is, but I am surprised that this book um, is probably the first time where we're seeing like different dimensions to the magic that goes beyond. Like it implies that there's something beyond just saying like, okay, here is here is the problem, here's the solution. Right. Right. Yeah. I have a theory, and that, actually, before I get into that, that kind of speaks to that thing that we we were talking about in the Christmas chapter, where. Mm. Lupin was like, oh, spells fall, like, come in and out of fashion, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I wish that were the case. I wish that we would get some insight into, like, wizard culture of, like, you know, what are, like, the, what are, like, the class signifiers of spells, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like, what is the, um, what is, like, the ear, like, the, the AirPods of spells, right? Like, mm -hmm. like, what's the bougie version of a spell versus, like, the working class version of a way to solve a problem with the spell, 
I find that that thing super fascinating. Yeah. And and you know the idea that there might be another way to fight Dementors is kind of intriguing. Uh huh. And I also I almost don't want to know. Like like this is one where I'm happy not knowing because mm-hmm. it just it it just provides that flavor, right? It's like there is another way, and Snape is smart enough to know it. However, I do have an alternative take on this that yeah. I'd like to get your opinion on. Uh-huh. Much like this this dumb question Snape asks where he says, what's the difference between a ghost and a zombie? <laughs> he could just be making shit up to fuck with Harry. Like, he reads Harry's paper and he gets so mad that Harry's paper is good. He's just like, well, there's another way and just doesn't say anything. That is definitely possible. I mean, that could also be like he he could have come up with like this other convoluted reason why you shouldn't have used a Patronus because he he knows that Lupin taught Harry the Patronus. He's pissed that that Harry's like good and like people are like, oh Harry, you're so cool and good at the Patronus. And Snape's like, actually, it's dumb to cast a Patronus. Um, you should just run away. Harry, you should just put all of your bad memories in the in uh, in pensive vials. And so, uh-huh. therefore, simply, the Dementors will not be able to make you sad. Right. Like, it, it, you should instead write an essay about how you should maybe try not to encounter a Dementor in the first place. Have you tried not being sad? <laughs> Have you tried not being a little wuss, Harry? <laughs> yeah, I could just I could just see, like, the Snape also just, just you know, d- d- just, just being difficult for the sake of it um but but i i like i like both implications really i I like that it's just like oh maybe there is more to the magic uh yeah uh, i think both are plausible yeah uh what's after the snape scene uh the myrtle scene which is also crazy myrtle elizabeth warren myrtle elizabeth warren um is hanging out with draco i think she's hanging out in the toilet uh, she's real sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had to. She had to close her campaign, and uh-huh. she's and she's crying about it in the toilet. And who who should come in to see her but Draco Malfoy? Huh. Weird. Uh, this this scene is very funny because <laughs> the it could not make it any clearer how um, perfunctory the mystery solving scene at the beginning was <laughs> because Myrtle gives them perhaps more of a clue than Dobby <laughs> and creature drives me crazy. Like, like, right. Like, 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 like uh, uh, a, a, she just like blasts, like, like, hello, clue alert, clue alert. Wee woo, wee woo, uh, at them in here. And they're just like, huh, weird. Anyway, moving on. Like it's ah, shut up, you dumb ghost. What are you <laughs> I don't I don't care about a lonely, a lonely, tortured anti-hero crying in the bathroom. <laughs> right. Like it's just it's it, and she goes on for so long. It's not like she mentions it offhand and they don't notice. It's like, oh, there's a boy in here who's crying all the time and he talks to me and he's very sad about <laughs> something. And he's so handsome and he's and he's and it's like, okay, what's going on, Myrtle? See, this is the opposite. This is when um, NPC like forces you into a cutscene to t- tell you about the main quest, and you're still on that side quest, <laughs> and you're just like, I'm not interested in this right now. I will come back later. Ah, the cutscene started. Right, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just so funny that we get both of these scenes within the same chapter because uh-huh. I, maybe Harry's immense brain power is just spent <laughs> from the first scene where he just figured <laughs> everything out with no prompt. 
right. but like Myrtle just delivering the exact same amount of information to him and then just all going, huh, weird, like is is really, really funny. Also, Ron just like being like extremely cruel to her for no reason to send Why her away Ron as she's so trying as she's trying to like deliver the plot to you. Why is Ron so mean to her always? I mean, I guess I guess the answer is that just Ron Ron hates women. I think that we've I think yes. I think that we can just firmly, uh, uh, um, you know, put that stamp that rubber stamp on on our appraisal of Ron. Uh, Ron Ron hates women. That uh, is his character. That's yes. kind of his entire character now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I will say he does not have as good of a zinger for Myrtle as he did in book two. What was the thing? Like, there was, like, that really great dark joke that was just, like, I didn't think you... She was, like, ta- she's talking about, like, wanting to die. And he's, like, well, didn't you already die or whatever? Like, didn't, uh-huh. you, didn't you already commit suicide? Like, there's just a really good bleak joke in there uh-huh. and he doesn't really yeah. rise to the occasion here no he's just like kind of doing like petty bullying for no reason yeah um myrtle yeah myrtle they they, they should also like <laughs> here's what makes this double frustrating is that because this book is the ring theory book about uh uh chamber of secrets mm-hmm. and all these things from chamber of secrets are coming back and mattering again you would think that Myrtle having a clue for them is something that they would pay attention to, considering they got nearly everyone in the school killed last time by not right. listening to her sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like, I barely remember Chamber of Secrets, so maybe they don't either. <laughs> yeah, maybe, fair enough. Yeah, maybe they also just don't have have any any recollection of that. But but that that is what happened is that they. They were being told by Myrtle the whole time what the plot was, and they just yes. didn't listen to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is this is this the um, the origin of a uh, Dark Prince Draco? Oh, because like I thought, and I probably have even said this on the podcast. I didn't know where that characterization of Draco came from. Right. Yeah. Because Draco is, I mean, like he's been funny in a lot of these books. Uh-huh. But he's never been like sympathetic, right? Yeah, because I would say that like books six and seven were kind of after my time a little bit in the fandom, and mm-hmm. so none of that was really established. And and Draco, like fan fiction, definitely existed, and I think mostly on the back of people of like teens thinking that Tom Felton in the movies was hot or whatever. Right. Um, him being kind of like the teen heartthrob guy. Um, but I could see Draco stuff that came after uh, it seems pretty pretty in the text here i mean myrtle basically says it to us myrtle basically has a forum signature here she says he's sensitive people bully him and he feels lonely and he hasn't got anyone to talk to and he's not able he's not afraid to show his feelings and cry like that is just like the the fanfic draco character bio yeah so you could draco just got a new bio (laughs) I've just updated my bio. He did though. Link in he, bio, he just went yeah. he just went from like kind of cartoon bully guy and it's like got a new bio. Um and here it is. I could see that. I think I I, I don't know if it's like the origin, but it, it could well be like maybe this is what like solidified it, right? Like this was this was the I, I'm sure that people were pretty ride or die for Malfoy from the beginning. 
mm-hmm. especially after the movies, right? Just because, yeah. like, you, like, you know, a lot of people were motivated to feel sympathetic for him because they liked his portrayal in the films or whatever. Sure. But this probably was, like, just red meat for them, right? Like, yeah. Like, here's the sad ghost saying, oh, he's sensitive and cool and nice and, 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 and you know, not afraid to speak his mind, right? And, like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, that's the character I've been imagining all along. There we go, right? I, I'd be very curious, because um, I'm currently developing a theory of, like, this idea between of, like, first wave Draco fan fiction and maybe, like, second wave Draco fan mm. fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this might have uh, been kind of part of the second wave. Um, and so I'd be curious uh, if there's anyone out there that um, was was kind of more into the, the Draco side of the fandom. Yeah. If they have any would, input about that. That would be some really interesting, like, fandom history stuff. I'd, I'd be curious to know how much of it was pulled from the books and how much of it just kind of, like, snowballed on its own because people mm-hmm. liked him uh, to yeah. begin with. I, I will have to also, um, as a research project for myself, look at um, the Draco trilogy, uh, which I believe was written by the Mortal Instruments lady. Oh, and was, pr- right. and was pretty fundamental because yeah. I, I feel like I'm wondering if that was uh, first or second wave, which I have now invented. That was set during is true. book six, right? Or starts sure. during six books. So I... You, I think you're onto something here. I'll, I'll do some information yeah. gathering and report back next week. Yeah, do some field work. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, so they're mean to Myrtle. They don't listen to her. They they fail to solve the very obvious mystery in front of them. Hermione kind of gets on Harry's ass again about asking Slughorn for the memory. Yeah. Uh, I again, she's just sort of like bothering him about doing the main quest. We don't really get it. You know any... pisses me off? Mm. I know that this has already been established, and I know that this is always kind of, um, like, beneath the surface in Harry Potter anyway, and maybe this is, like, movie influence that made J.K. Rowling start putting it into the book, but this mm-hmm. is, I know that they gathered around and listened to the radio at the Weasleys, um, but Slughorn is, like, listening to a record player. Or, excuse me, a gramophone. Oh, wow, I did not even notice this. So can you have an iPod at Hogwarts or what? Like, <laughs> I, I just, it really, it really bothers me. And it's not like a, like, wee woo, wee woo plot hole bothers me, but it bothers me that it's being used as like an aesthetic sensibility. Right. Yeah. It's, it's more good old days. And I feel like that wasn't yeah. maybe not as much in the first few books and maybe kind of like convergent evolution between JK Rowling, like meshing with the movie brain stuff, but it is like firmly in good old days territory to me. It's it's no, that, that I did not even catch that, but you're completely right. Cause the, I mean the, the very broad admittedly uh, um, rule has always been that like, Oh, technology doesn't work at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that is an insanely broad thing to say. Everything is technology at some point, yes. right? Yeah. That, that doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, a gramophone is a piece of entertainment technology. Right. Which is and what like, we are always like we told. Think about- uh, like the way that how like how, like let's think about how far Harry Potter went to do the no technology thing in the first few books. Mm-hmm. They don't have pens, right? They They're... don't have ballpoint pens. They use quills. Mm-hmm. They don't have paper. They have parchment. Right. They don't have like flashlights. They have candles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... So 
Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about this one. I don't know about the weird aesthetic shift to radios and record players. It's it's a weird mix of like and I say this as someone who like you know, I, I like medieval aesthetics a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But there is like an inherent politics to that that you have to unpack whenever it appears in stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that a lot of fantasy stories are bad at that, you know, mm-hmm. like, like that there, there is often, um, a real lack of self-awareness in, in, uh, 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 you know, medievalist aesthetics in, in, in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is double weird here is grafting onto your medieval aesthetic, uh, like, uh, uh, pre-World War Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Britain onto your uh, uh, like that is just so I don't know about that one like I it, you know it's probably unconscious it's probably unintentional but it's like okay but why why is that technology allowed like mm-hmm. like that that raises a question like what 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 is if we are to characterize Hogwarts you know as a uh, a, a building and as a like political force which this book really wants us to believe it is right like the the Mm -hmm. good guy and the bad guy are fighting over control of a middle school (laughs) um Mm -hmm. uh you know why is that why why is it that uh that a gramophone works but not a mm-hmm. not a rate not a uh, not an iPod. You know why does like like you know why won't a Walkman work here? What is it about the that that is suddenly too technological uh, mm-hmm. for this world? And that, like it's 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 interesting and kind of sinister in a way that I know is not intended. But it's like hmm. And it's interesting to watch it kind of creep in as the books continue and get more serious and and i guess like i i'm sure that um i'd like our listeners are are kind of with us on this and what is intended but i i do want to emphasize that i like it really not a plot hole thing like that's no, the other thing yeah. is like you could make excuse like tons of excuses for it too from like a in-universe perspective harry doesn't see the record player he says it sounds like a record player or turning it's like, off. oh it's a magical gramophone Right, like, you could do that, but it's like, why is that the aesthetic choice here as yeah. being, like, I mean, that's, like, aesthetically good in the context of the story. Why is that accepted by Hogwarts? Like, if we are to accept Hogwarts as a power in this story, right, mm-hmm. what is it about a gramophone that is better than a, a Walkman or a Discman mm-hmm. or, you know, a, anything, a Game Boy, you know, it's it's... It's it's and it's and it's just I, I I don't think it's like intended evil or anything on the part of J.K. Rowling. It's just like it is thoughtlessness that leaves some uncomfortable questions hanging. I think I think it is it is re- in a revealing kind of thought. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a really good way to put it. There is a Pottermore article that is about the uh, Wizarding Wireless. Because you know how we we've asked multiple times, like why you know why in a, in a society that like apparently has te- no technology, why did they get the radio right? Yeah, yeah. Some felt, and with justification, that this decision was inconsistent and unfair. So they're talking about the statute of secrecy here. 
Uh, as many radios have been legally modified by the wizarding community for their own use, which broadcasts regular wizarding programs. The ministry conceded that muggles frequently catch snippets of advice on, for instance, how to prune a venomous tentacula or how best to remove gnomes from a cabbage bed, but argued that the radio listening muggle population seems altogether more tolerant or less convinced of their own good sense than muggle TV viewers. Reasons for this anomaly are examined mm. at length in uh, Professor Mordecai's Egg's The Philosophy of the Mundane, Why the Muggles Prefer Not to Know. Professor Egg argues cogently that muggles are much more likely to believe that they have misheard something than they are that they are hallucinating. Yeah, this is the worst version and much more sinister version of like the early book jokes like taken to their logical like conclusion here and i think that you should always be a little bit suspicious of something that is going to claim both um european medieval aesthetic as well as pre-world war ii radio aesthetic as as a comprehensive good <laughs> right yeah, like like oh, I, these I are the curious. good days. What's what's uh, what is pulling those two things together? Yeah, I mean, and the, and the other thing that's very revealing here is uh, that they, you know, the muggles also like cars and motorcycles because those are cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like okay, hold well, on. alrighty, well, all right then, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's fraught for sure, uh, and and you know, like you say, it is a revealing thoughtlessness rather than like a. Um, you know, I, I don't think that this is like programming by JK, right? But it is. No. It is definitely, hmm, a little chin stroker, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is picking one word out of, out of this chapter, but it is interesting. It's just a recurring theme that we are noticing. Uh-huh. Um, let's return to the seventh floor corridor and talk about this last scene here. Time to have another another big think outside of the room of requirement. Have a big think. He no longer is asking to see what uh, what what Draco Malfoy is doing inside. Mm -mm. He is he is now uh, uh, doing an epic own on Crab uh, or Goyle. Excuse me. This was so weird. Yeah, I th I think it's weird. It is weird because if Goyle's a lookout and runs away screaming, wouldn't Malfoy be alerted? Isn't that the whole point? Yeah, I mean, I guess Harry spends the rest of the time being like, Draco's probably real scared in there right now. Yeah, that's a that's a weird that's a, that, that's a, that's a weird one, I'll, I'll say. Um, but this scene with uh, uh, Tonks, yeah, I don't. What's what's going on here? I mean, is this a red herring? Because this is such a weird, suspicious thing that I'm pretty sure is just that she's sad because of Lupin. Right. She's She's got the depression. But, like, she is acting like she's, like, I, I don't know, like, confunded or under the Imperious Curse or right. something. That was what I took from it, is that it, it I think it, it is supposed to be, like, a red herring. And, like, I will grant it, I think... Out of all of the dumb red herrings we have gotten in this series, this one is at least plausible in that it is using uh, uh, information that we have received in this book and, like, spinning it into a, 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 a doubt, I guess. But it's still really weird because the it, it, it's 
it, it's a situation where her weird behavior only makes sense as a red herring and does not mm-hmm. make sense in reality, right? Like her th- her 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 responses are nonsense. Like she is barely it, functional in this scene. The this scene felt like um Harry Potter as a David Lynch movie to me. Like she shows up and is acting really weird and she's a side character that we don't really know anything about. And she's just like delivering non sequiturs. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's just sort of like saying her own thing. She's not responding to any questions directly. And she's just very aloof, which like, I, I get sort of plausibly like oh she's just so sad she her mind's not like all there on you know focused on the topic at hand but that's not really the behavior that we're we're seeing here the no like the behavior we're seeing here is just like straight up like you say just like dreamlike behavior and then it feels like it, it ends up having a dreamlike effect on the reader when harry kind of acts like it's pretty normal because he ends up going to Ron and Hermione and saying like, oh, I think there's something really wrong with Tonks. Maybe she was in love with Sirius. And I'm just like, that is such an insane conclusion based on such insane behavior (laughs) that I'm just like, what is, it's like this bizarre, uncanny ending to this chapter. Guys, guys, Tonks is talking backwards and in riddles. Do you think she wants to fuck her uncle? <laughs> or cousin or whatever? Like, yeah, his conclusion here is insane. It's a weird scene because, like I said, I, th- I think it is meant to be a red herring. And it is sort of effective for that. But it is it, it is one of those things where, where it is only effective as a red herring. And does not does not make sense, like, with the, with the light of truth shown on it, right? Like, it's, it's it, like, it, her, say, her being like, oh, I'm sad about, I'm sad about Lupin. That's not, that doesn't answer why she's acting this way at all. No. Did J.K. Rowling forget that Tonks and Sirius are related? I am so obsessed with this. I, because like, I forgot, to be fair. Um, I mean, it's because it's, it's, no, it's nothing, right? It's it's Sirius telling Harry um, a book ago yeah. that, like, while they're looking at a tapestry that, Sirius is cousins with Tonks's mom, right? Yes, the the, the oh, the, like that Andromeda Tonks was Sirius's favorite cousin or something. Yeah, it, it yeah, it's like a, it's like a throwaway line, a, a you know, an entire book ago. But it is yeah, it's really weird because it's like J.K. Rowling's whole uh, like her favorite thing in the world is 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 family trees. That's like her hobby. Uh, she likes them so much that they are the like key MacGuffin in multiple Harry Potter stories. Mm-hmm. It is really weird to think like, did she forget, or is this is this like a stealth introduction of how fucked up the pureblood world is? I think that's giving it too much credit, but that's like the only other thing I can think of. I, I can't figure it out because, like, on the one hand, um. Like, I think, if I have it right, um, if Sirius and Andromeda were cousins and Tonks is Andromeda's daughter, mm-hmm. then that makes Sirius and Tonks cousins once removed or second cousins? I think it's, which d- I think it's 
cousins once removed, I think. I'm very Which depending on like your time and place in the world, that's not that unusual. Yeah. Right? Like I mean that's a kind of questionable taboo depending on yeah. on a, a few factors, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe so is that that it's just not weird in the context of this? Did Harry forget? Did J.K. Rowling forget? I, I can't figure it out. It, it, it sits in a weird spot where it is like, it's not outrageous enough to be like a plot point, right? Right. Like for, for Hermione, it's not, it's not outrageous enough for Hermione to like put her book down and say like, what the fuck, Harry? Uh, uh, no, Tonks is not doing incest or whatever. Uh-huh. But, it, it, but it is close and weird enough for me to wonder why it's there right uh-huh it's it's just sitting in a real odd place here it's also weird that harry can't figure out why she would be sad other than because of romantic <laughs> entanglement <laughs> that's, that's the only reason anyone gets sad i don't know like that guy got fucking murdered in front of all of them yeah uh, isn't she over that by now Harry's over it. Harry's so. over it. He's he said so in the beginning of this book. Well, I'm over it. I'm now. over this. I'm over this. And Tonks is Tonks should be too. Why why not? Come on. <laughs> You're being a girl about this, Tonks. God. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a real uh it's a real thinker, I will say. I don't know I <sighs> like J.K. Rowling has admitted multiple times that she's not good with dates, right? And that, like, a lot of the dates in this series are kind of muddled. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Whatever. that's fair. But, like, the thing that is weird about this is that, like, this is her thing. This is her, like, her bag. Like, like, like. Every character's got a family tree. Every character has a fucking family tree. She wrote them all out. Like, there, there's that clip from the BBC documentary when the seventh book came out where she, like, unrolls that insanely huge, like, piece of paper and like shows the entire character family tree to that reporter, right? Like, right. She's on the ball with this stuff generally, and so I, I, I really and don't... is obviously clearly very interested in it too, yeah. since it pops up in like every single story she writes. Yeah, I would say like genealogy is probably her hobby, right? Like it's it's like this is this is just something that she enjoys and likes putting in her stories. It's 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 it's, it's odd to see this. It's odd to see this here where it's like again, it's not. It's not the weirdest thing, but it's weird enough to make me wonder why it's there. Yeah. Yeah. And it it's is, weird. And it is and it is very funny that Harry is just like, that that's the only thing Harry can think of. And also, why is Tonks even having this storyline in the first place? <laughs> I guess that's neither here nor there. I just think it's stupid. It's very bad. Uh, I will save it for now, but the... The, like, entire Tonks Lupin romance is one of my favorite just, like, this is just brain-dead stupid uh, 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 book romances. Mm-hmm. Neither of these characters, we don't see either of these characters do anything together. They, there's, there's a, again, not weird enough to make it really weird, but weird enough that it, exists age gap right Uh like just sitting right in the middle there uh and and um it all centers around like 
a bad AIDS metaphor. Yeah. It's just And then real... they both die. <laughs> and then they both die anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like we we just hmm. There's a lot there's a lot going on here that's just like wow, why why is this like this? Yeah. The structure of this chapter is I I felt cast adrift in the sea reading this chapter. Mm-hmm. Turbulent. Mm-hmm. No hope. No <laughs> landmarks. Just just buffeted scene to scene um, that seemed to have no no real thread um, connecting them. Uh, it's weird. It's weird, but I do like, I guess, that it is bookended by scenes of all of them getting together and discussing the mystery together. Um, but this bizarre thing where, where like, you know, Harry comes and says, Harry's like, hey, guys. I think Tonks is depressed. Maybe she wants to fuck her cousin. And Hermione, uh-huh. Hermione says, I don't know. That's maybe a bit presumptuous. And Ron says, women, am I right? Women be shopping. <laughs> like, Yeah, he does say that, doesn't he? He sure does. Ron, Ron, woman hating Ron is like in full force in this chapter. He's, he, he can't deal with Lavender. He's rude to Myrtle, and he just he can't uh, he can't resist telling Harry women be shopping right in front of Hermione. God, what what is his line? Uh, it's... let's see. Uh, gone back to what I said, doesn't it? Said Ron, who was now shoveling mashed potato <laughs> into his mouth. She's gone a bit funny. Love lost her nerve. Women, he said wisely to Harry. They're easily upset. Oh my god! <laughs> why? Bitch, just be crying now. <laughs> why? Why is he? Why is? <laughs> why is Ron just a pickup artist now? It's a. Uh... I mean, I, I, you know how um, oftentimes that theory gets kicked around about Harry being a Horcrux and it making the Dursleys mean to him. Like maybe they wouldn't be like mean and abusive, but they like became evil from the like infection oh, from the sure. Horcrux. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that why Hermione's the Joker and Ron is a misogynist? <laughs> like, is that did he like infect them with the <laughs> with the Horcrux juice? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hermione's sense of sense of right and wrong is warped. Whenever she's standing next to Harry, and Ron just Ron just really starts hating women uh, hmm. when he's standing next to Harry. Interesting. That's quite a theory. I like that. I was gonna say maybe he's just been, uh, uh, he, you know, he's got his wizard gramophone up in the dorm. Yeah, because that's allowed, right? Uh huh. And he's listening to the rowdy demi guys, who's telling him, yeah. telling him all those jokes about about his wife, and mm-hmm. he's like, ah, this is how the world works. It's the good old days in the wizarding world. <laughs> it's the good old days. <laughs> Ron's like, I wish I could go back to the good old days. I wish we could go back to the good old days when men were men and women were uh, women were women, and uh, and and they're, they're they're giving participation trophies to everyone at Hogwarts now. Harry, have you seen this? You heard about this? <laughs> Some really good characters. I'm really enjoying them a lot. Yeah, they're really fun to be around. Um, you know, but as fun as they are to be around, I think it's probably time for us to take a break and come back for our last segment. What do you say? Sounds good to me.
Hello and welcome back. Um, we had a doozy of a chapter this week. Yes, I'm still cast adrift. You're, you're, we are adrift at sea. Um, we we are unsure what direction, you know, wh- which direction to go, which direction is up, uh, 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 you know, is black white, is up down, who can say? Mm-hmm. So I think we might need to center ourselves Excellent. for our third segment. Uh-huh. And what better way to center ourselves than to be reminded of the best Harry Potter memes ever? <laughs> I am glad that I brought some chamomile tea to this segment. <laughs> this is a brand new article from yesterday in Time Magazine. I am also going to try to bring my ASMR voice. Mm, I like that. Um, to this meme segment so that okay. we don't lose our fucking minds <laughs> sounds like i already have <laughs> you you might already be there <laughs> in the big wide wizarding world harry potter memes are truly the gift that keeps on giving yeah, that's true the enduring phenomenon of harry potter has given us many things from a slew of inspirational quotes that uh takes that is a link by the way that takes us to another time article i will be clicking that uh to a beloved broadway play but one of the greatest gift that the franchise has bestowed on fans is source material for a seemingly never-ending stream of memes that's true luckily the movies based on jk rowling's book series supplied a visual representation of the story of the boy who lived allowing harry potter to find a whole new lease on life when memes became a favored source of internet entertainment after all with a franchise as beloved as harry potter it seems only natural for fans to continually be looking for ways to reference the series in everyday interactions especially in ways that are laugh out loud funny <laughs> how are we doing here how are we doing on breadsticks over here uh, i realize <laughs> i did not plan it this way i did not really think about this but um our third segment last week might have been the darkest we've ever done uh yeah i think that i think that the people were talking for sure the 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 yeah the comments were a buzz with people who i have maybe done incalculable damage to yeah, uh, with the, with those uh, New Yorker articles, I'm certainly one of them. Yeah, so I apologize deeply for that, but we must press on. This is our this is our solemn duty uh, mm-hmm. uh, to continue and find and just just you know plumb the depths here. Yeah, it's been nearly ten years since the Harry Potter movies wrapped up their decade long run in theaters, but the jokes derived from scenes in the eight films will never get old. Here's Time's list of the 10 best Harry Potter memes ever. Are you ready? Who we published feeling? this? Time Magazine. Okay. Uh, 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 esteemed publication, Time Magazine. All right. Are you ready for number one? I guess. The Harry Potter meme where Voldemort hugs Draco. We've all been there. You're caught up in the emotion of everyone believing Harry is dead after Voldemort uses the killing curse on him in Deathly Hallows Part <laughs> 2. Oh my god, this reminds me. Did you... I I enjoyed The Mandalorian, but did you see that review that went around um, 
uh, from io9, I think it was, uh, that was very, very, like, okay, let me just find this, uh, episode one, io9, there's a, there's a certain tone to this, uh, that is very, uh, charming, shall we mm. say. Mm-hmm. Finally, we get to the finale, and it's a Western classic showdown done Star Wars style. The Mandalorian meets IG-11, who is also on the planet to acquire a mysterious bounty. However, instead of fighting each other, the two team up in an attempt to break through the considerable defenses of a fortress. This scene was the Mandalorian at its full power, mixing incredible action beats with humor and stakes. One example is the moment the Mandalorian uses the, the massive laser cannon to wipe out the remaining bad guys. It simply gave me chills. Wonderful. They used the big gun. He used the big gun to kill the bad guys. Voldemort used the killing curse to kill Harry, and we are all on the edge of our seat. Uh, when suddenly the Dark Lord is calling for recruits to join the Death Eaters, Malfoy, Tom Felton, steps forward and is forced into one of the most awkward hugs ever depicted on screen, a moment so hilariously uncomfortable that it instantly cemented its spot in the annals of Harry Potter meme history. Um... This is the movie I haven't seen, which yeah. honestly reflecting on this, it seems a little crazy that there is a Harry Potter movie that I haven't seen, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but I've, de I've definitely seen this meme around. Oh, this gif of Voldemort hugging Draco? Yeah. Yeah, it comes up on the subreddit a lot, actually, because a lot of people hate it. A lot of people are like, Voldemort would never do something this weird. Uh, His whole he, thing is being weird. Yeah, I which to which I say, for the love of God, let let Ray Fiennes have fun. He's like the one good part of these movies now. Yeah, we've all been there. Uh, Felton himself has even commented on the cringe-inducing embrace. Pretty proud to say, I'm probably the only kid that ever hugged Voldemort, even if it was awkward. He tweeted following <laughs> the movie's release. Cringe. Now that Voldemort hugs Draco meme, now the Voldemort hugs Draco meme has become a litmus test for gauging just how awkward a situation is. And then they list a bunch of uh, tweets of people posting the gif that say uh, when that weird relative comes to Thanksgiving uh, and so on and so forth. Adding this to my cringe compilation. <laughs> Adding Voldemort to my cringe compilation. <laughs> Uh, the Harry Potter meme where you need to turn to page 394 is our next best meme. I think this might be one of my least favorite Harry Potter memes. I don't get this one. He like there's no joke or anything here. He just says he's just saying turn to a page like it's a good performance, but like it's not there's no there's no gag here. Mm hmm. Thanks to Alan Rickman's ice-cold portrayal of the stony Severus Snape, Hogwarts' longtime potions professor inspired countless memes over the years. Countless memes is also a link to an article, and I'm mm. going to click that and not look at where it takes me, and I'm just saving that one for later. Great. But one in particular that has stood the test of time is Snape telling Harry's class to turn to page 394 of their textbook while mm -hmm. subbing for Lupin in The Prisoner of Azkaban. Rickman's iconically deadpan deliver delivery of the line made it an instant hit among movie watchers who transformed it into a reply meme signifying putting your foot down in short order. 
They did not provide any examples of this. I don't think I've ever seen it used that way. What is a reply meme? Have you ever, like, opened up a famous person's tweet and just seen, like, a billion, like, like K-pop gifs and, and like, Spongebob videos and stuff that are, that are, like, all vaguely related to whatever's going on i think that's yeah i guess i just yeah i just have never heard it like said in that way is is the jennifer lawrence spit take a reply meme oh yeah yeah yes i think that's probably a reply meme the yeah, I, I I think that that's probably where they're counting this, which I do not agree. I do not think that this counts as one of those. This, mm. is, this is not like Snape having a spit take or like making a face. It's just him telling someone to open a book to a specific page. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Number three, the Harry Potter meme where you're a wizard. It may be the line that first brought the true magic of Harry Potter to life in the Sorcerer's Stone, but it's also often misquoted. Strangely enough, it's that version that has become a meme. After the pivotal moment that is Rubius Hagrid bursting through the door of the hut on the rock to deliver Harry's Hogwarts acceptance letter and discovering that the Dursleys have never told Harry about his magical lineage, the line the Hogwarts gentle giant groundskeeper actually says is, Harry, you're a wizard. In meme form, Harry's name generally appears at the end of the quote instead. Mm. Just some some classic fuck-ups here. Play it again, <laughs> Sam. Uh, and so on and so forth. In meme form, his name generally appears at the end of the quote, and Hagrid is generally telling Harry that he's something other than a wizard. Oh. Thank you for explaining this to me, Tom. Oh, mm-hmm. The you're a wizard and Harry reaction gif is also in to inform someone when they're stating the obvious i also don't think that's true i don't think i've ever seen it used that way i've seen you know i've seen this fucking a lot right this is everywhere i don't think (laughs) i've ever seen it's never it's never been like a captain obvious thing i don't i'm no i'm I'm less and less on board with this time i don't think this time article is going to be that comprehensive Maybe they run in different meme circles than we do. Yeah, probably. They're over at Time Magazine. I need some, like, deep-fried Snape memes. I'm putting the call out to our listeners. Can I get some, like, deep-fried, shitty JPEG Snape memes, please? We're, we've been asking a lot of our listeners this episode. Me wanting the, the, the Draco <laughs> info, the Draco lowdown. You're asking for memes. I'm asking for memes. <laughs> uh, the next one that Time claims is the best Harry Potter meme is the Harry Potter meme where Harry doesn't have his mother's eyes. We're getting a little granular here, I think. Yeah. Despite the fact that Harry's eyes were a distinct bright green in the books, due to Daniel Radcliffe's extreme reaction to wearing colored contacts, fans just had to accept that movie Harry had blue eyes. J.K. Rowling herself even approved this switch on one condition. I hope that condition is... Everyone on the cast are saying, who fucking cares? What condition? During a one-on-one conversation with Radcliffe that was included as an extra on the Deathly Hallows DVD, Rowling reveals that what she told Harry Potter producer David Heyman when he called to ask if it was okay if Radcliffe's eyes weren't green. The only really important thing is his eyes look like his mother's, she said, so if you're casting Lily, there needs to be a resemblance, but they don't absolutely have to be green. <laughs> My favorite 
thing about this and the Lily's eyes thing is that I feel like for the entirety of the books coming out, it was mm-hmm. teased as like, this is going to be a huge reveal why Harry's eyes are green, like his mom's. And I'm pretty sure the reveal was like, it's because his mom's eyes were green. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> Also, like, you can say someone has someone else's eyes without them being the exact same color. Like, if we're talking about, like, eyes and, like, a metaphorical, soulful sense, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you can, you can, you're looking past their eyes, right? You're looking into someone's heart when you say that. You're not just being like, oh, you literally have the same color eyes as your mom. You're probably also talking more about similar looking facial features rather than like the the color the eyedropper tool like oh this is the same this is the same right color exactly yeah but when young lily potter appears on screen while harry is submerged in snape's memories in the pensive minutes after his death (laughs) she has brown eyes this was a bridge too far for some and led to a meme poking fun at the obvious blooper talk about an awkward moment oh it's so awkward Next, the Harry Potter meme where Neville is all grown up. When we first meet Neville Longbottom and Harry Potter in the Sorcerer's Stone, he's described as a round-faced boy who's clumsy, forgetful, and nervous. And when 11-year-old Matthew Lewis was cast as Neville in the movies, he appeared to be a good fit for the role. Except for there was one problem. The older Lewis got, the less he resembled the awkward young wizard he was playing. Lewis didn't, hmm? didn't they have Matthew Lewis wear like a fat suit in the first few harry potter movies did they i think i mean oh granted i I read this probably third third hand from posts so maybe this is a snopes like no it's not true thing oh well i'm gonna i'm gonna bring us on here there's a quote here that alludes to this uh definitely at one point between films two and three i shot up in height and lost a lot of fat and i was wondering I wondered if they were going to recast me. We were only contracted to do two films at a time, he told Big Issue. It didn't keep me awake at night, but I considered the possibility. I've been told there was never any question, but I reckon in some dark room somewhere they it might have come up. Luckily, Neville fully comes into his own by the end of the book series, which allowed Lewis to shed the quote, fat suit and false teeth and stuff to stick to my ears to stuff to stick my ears out that he had to wear for a few years and debut his transformation to So yes. This is implying that he did wear some sort of, like, prosthetic stuff in the early movies. I don't know why they had to do that to him. I, yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I do not care if characters look 100% exactly like their book descriptions. That is so not the point of acting, you know? <laughs> As defined by Urban Dictionary, the term Neville Longbottom has since, since become a slang verb, meaning to get significantly more attractive after going through puberty. Oh, yeah, that's always how I use it in my my casual conversations. <laughs> when Lewis graced the cover of Attitude magazine alongside the tagline from Hogwarts to Hottie in 2015, even J.K. Rowling <laughs> had something to say about the photo of him pulling up his tank no. to reveal his abs. No! No! No. Not as bad as watching Dan and Equus, but close, she wrote, re- referencing the time in which Daniel Radcliffe famously appeared nude. Now there's a Harry Potter meme. No. Warn me next time, for God's sake, uh. is what Joe says here. Now Neville memes are around to serve as inspiration for anyone who feels like a late bloomer. Thank you. Thank you, Time Magazine. Next up... The Harry Potter meme with Gryffindor's points. 
Every school year, the four Hogwarts houses compete to win the House Cup, with points being awarded for things like exemplary academic performance and good deeds and being taken away for things like rule-breaking and misbehaving. And thanks to Harry, Ron, and Hermione's penchant for bending the rules during the Golden Trio's time at Hogwarts, professors, and in particular Snape, could often be heard deducting points from Gryffindor. Now, the point... Okay, I'm not going to read the rest of this. This is literally eight paragraphs explaining the... uh, uh, 10 points from Gryffindor phrase. Luckily, I am already familiar. I, I we, you know, I, you might have caught it. We've read, you know, we're, we're halfway through the sixth book or so. You might have n- noticed that um, they have house points. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so keep an eye out for that out in the world. Uh, just a little reference that you might catch. Absolutely. Next, the Harry Potter meme with Hermione Granger energy Whip smart, resourceful, and as loyal as they come, Hermione Granger is a force to be reckoned with from the moment she makes her debut in Sorcerer's Stone. As Ron wisely tells Harry in Deathly Hallows, we wouldn't last two days without her. So it's no wonder that having Hermione Granger energy has become one of the internet's go-to compliments. I've never seen this in my life. Granted, again, maybe we're running in the wrong circles here. It sounds like we're running in the right circles. (laughs) I've never seen anyone say Hermione Granger energy. Uh, The classic Hermione raising her hand gift can also be used to express an eagerness to volunteer for something, whatever it may be. I think think raising your hand without Hermione Granger energy just kind of signals eagerness to participate in that that's what it means, you know? Yeah. You got it backwards. The tweet they've embedded here to demonstrate this is a gif of Elizabeth Warren at the debates. Raising her raising her hand. A, sh- a shudder just went through my whole body <laughs> from my head to my toes. Next, the Harry Potter meme with Snape saying, always, here we go. No. Now we're off to the fucking races. That's right. Snape is back again, Potterheads. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> That's right. Snape is back again, Potterheads. It, really? Snape is back again. He's back again. All right. Where is he? This time, we're breaking down how the arguably most famous line of dialogue from the entire series, Snape telling Dumbledore that he will always love Lily Potter, is used in meme form. Ever feel dejectedly dedicated to someone? Wait. This is a nightmare sentence. Ever feel dejectedly dedicated to seeing... S- oh. Ever feel deject... I'm dying. <laughs> My brain is melting. Ever feel dejectedly dedicated to seeing something through to the end? If so, this gif is for you. Or maybe you're looking to humorously express a deep longing for something that will never be. Time to pull the Snape saying, always meme out of your back pocket. I'm always saying this. I'm always keeping Snape <laughs> memes in my back pocket. That's right. Especially this one, for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, I am obsessed with the opening line, That's right, Snape is back again, Potterheads. What does that mean? I think it speaks for itself. Snape is back again, Potterheads. Well, where is he? I haven't seen much Snape content beyond these already, you know, stale memes. He's back. He's back. He's back. Hey, Potterheads. In gift form. He's back. He's back. Hey, Potterheads. Snape is back again. <laughs> all right uh here's another meme the harry potter meme where dobby is a free elf 
Without Dobby, it's likely that all would have been lost in the battle against Lord Voldemort. As we all sadly know, the House Elf's heroic rescue mission to the Malfoy Manor in the Deathly Hallows ultimately cost him his life, but it gave him the chance to stand up for his f to his former abusive masters while saving Harry Potter and his friends. Of course, as the internet is fond of doing, they've since transformed Dobby's Declaration of Independence, Dobby is a free elf, into a meme for when you're not too fond of the idea of doing what someone has told you to do. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, it's like I get so sick of adulting all day long, and I'm like, I am a free elf. I'm not gonna, not <laughs> going to adult any longer. I am, I am having brunch over here, okay? Uh-huh, right. I'm a free elf. Uh-huh. Let's look at some of these examples I've got here. When my ex tells me to do something. Uh, when the customer what? asks where... When my, wait, when, how, when my ex tells me to do something, you could just, like, hang up or not block, block the number. What? Yeah. What? Why, why are you talking to me? Who are you? Yeah, who can't read? Sorry. Um. <laughs> uh, when the customer asks where my manager is... When you are already drunk and your friends tell you no more alcohol. Mm -hmm. That's right. I'm a free elf. I can drink as much as I like. I'm adulting. Next, the Harry Potter meme where Dumbledore asks if Harry put his name in the Goblet of Fire. Ah, oh, classic. We all know this one. I can't wait to hear the explanation of this one. Dumbledore confronts Harry about the Goblet of Fire, spitting out Harry's name as the final champion who will compete in the Triwizard Tournament in both the book and the movie. But uh -huh. while the book describes Dumbledore as calmly asking how it happened, Dumbledore actor Michael Gambon had a bit more of an aggressive take on the scene, i.e. storming at Harry, shaking him and shouting at him. How could this have happened? How could this have happened? The thing is, when you adapt a, a movie from a book, you can't change anything. It it's, has to be the, the thing. exact same thing all the way through. <laughs> you cannot change a single thing. This discrepancy has led to a meme poking fun at how out of character Dumbledore's reaction is in the movie. The reaction gif of Dumbledore seizing and yelling at Harry can also be used in response to someone having an extreme overreaction to something. Uh, you know, I talked at the at the start of this episode about how I have some posting dysfunction, and I think I'm maybe picking up some really good tips here. Oh, you're oh, this is oh no, this is bad. I'm feeding uh, uh -oh. I'm, I'm feeding you uh -oh. bad posting info here. <laughs> if you ever got like really really fucking mad at me, a uh -huh. really good way to get back at me would just be to respond entirely in like meme gifts i would not know what to do i don't know why i'm revealing this information i don't know why i'm revealing this weakness to you but like i mean i hate that you framed it as like i'm really mad at you in this case because i'm like it's ex now it's an extremely funny idea to me <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah if you ever wanted to just just like troll me if you ever just wanted to right. like be to just like be <laughs> be a little gremlin in the dms or something for sure go ahead and send me the dumbledore gift I'll hate it. <laughs> oh god. We'll see how this develops in the coming days. <laughs> I regret I Developing regret giving story. you this piece of information. <laughs> oh god. Uh uh the one example that they have here is very funny because it's, it's someone's tweet that says, "Harry, did you put your name in the goblet of fire?" and then it is a media post that says we automatically hide photos that contain sensitive content and I can't uh -oh. see it. I, I don't know what they posted. 
Mm-hmm. What did they post? Wait, hang on a second. It's a pic. Okay, hang on. This, this, I had to sign in and say that yes, I can view adult content to see this. Yeah, it is a still image of Squidward from SpongeBob. Okay, grabbing Mr. Krabs' eyes. Uh huh. That's it. Oh, it, that, there's nothing. It's just a screen grab from SpongeBob. Sure. I'm really disappointed by this. I was expecting something a little juicier here. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, those are the 10 best memes, according to Time Magazine. And they're Time Magazine, so they're, have they ever been wrong about anything? Um, well, do you agree with it? I mean, I guess I have to, right? I mean, I, I, agree, I would agree that uh, Dobby is good. You know? Yes. Uh, Dobby is a free elf. I'm just disappointed that their examples are when my ex tells me to do something and not like the lady at the libertarian convention <laughs> yelling it at them and proposing that Dobby become the libertarian party mascot. I think that he should be. Um, that's true. Are there any memes that do you feel should have been on the list and weren't? I think it is an oversight in any article about Harry Potter memes or Harry Potter in general that overlooks uh, the Bellatrix and Hermione torture meme. That's my new favorite. <laughs> That's my favorite Harry Potter meme. I'm not sure that Time Magazine um, has the detection skills. Um, I don't <laughs> think that they have the nuance uh, that we do. Oh my god, I would love to read a, like, Time Magazine-style explanation of, of that whole situation. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, some fans watching The Deathly Hallows were moved by the, uh, uh, the intense scene of Bellatrix Lestrange torturing Hermione Granger. Uh-huh. Some are wondering if there is more footage of this powerful display of acting available <laughs> to view somewhere. That sounds good. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I don't know if that's really a meme, but um... I, think, I think it's a, I think it's a meme that should start because we got to get that footage. Oh, I know. You know, just like the just like the release the Snyder cut meme. Where's the uh-huh. release the Re- release the horny cut of <laughs> of Deathly Hallows. That's exactly right. Hashtag release the horny cut. That's that's our that's my new favorite Harry Potter meme. That's the new meme. Well, um, that's the end of that article. Um, but the link that I clicked earlier on the Snape meme mm. took me to a different article. That says 25 Snape memes in honor of Alan Rickman, which is maybe the darkest concept I have ever seen for an article on here. Yeah, it is not not fair to his memory. This is from when he died. Incredibly disrespectful. I can't. <laughs> That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Okay, well, he, okay, it's, this is not actually an article. This is just a list of memes. Uh huh. I'd like you to pick your top three. I'm gonna so I'm gonna read them all out loud for okay. the sake of the audience. But I want you to pick your favorite memes here. Okay. One of them just appears to be a picture of him that is tinted blue, not a meme. Uh, one is a picture of him looking at Quirrell, and it says, "I do believe a happy birthday in order is in order." One is a picture of 
like an advice animal style. Wow. It says, honey, the only accessory that could save that outfit is an invisibility cloak. That feels like it's from the Snape account, maybe. So is that is that like advice animal format, but it's like Snape's head in the middle? Yeah. And also, like, what animal, what advice animal is that? Hmm. The bitchy Snape? Like that's a, that they're supposed to be alliterative for one thing. I can't I can't get into the advice animal discourse. We can't relitigate this. Um, there's the picture of like the old emo guy taking a picture in the mirror. I like that photo a lot. I wouldn't call that a meme. I think it's just a funny photo. There's one that I'm not gonna click because it's too long, too many panels. Not not clicking. That one can't be my favorite. We've got uh, they photoshopped him. In front of a DJ turntable, and it says, pay attention, uh-huh. I shall only drop the bass once. We've got okay. him kind of shrugging, and it says, hug? Question mark. That's a classic meme. That might be my favorite. <laughs> We've got Snape's on a plane. We've got My Body is Ready. That's a crossover. That's an interesting crossover. That's a gamer meme. Come sure all the- is. Come all the way over to Harry Potter land. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, here's one with him holding a pair of scissors and like one of those like fold out patterns that you cut and it says, you know, nothing of the dark arts and crafts. Uh, there's one of him smile. I'm, I can feel the brain cells leaving as I read all these. Uh huh. There's one that just says bullshit. 10 points from Gryffindor. There's a photo of a guy at an airport that kind of looks like Snape, I guess. That just oh, says, I, yeah, I know the post you're talking about. That's ten points. Oh, I'm glad that I'm glad that you are not looking at this, therefore letting me uh, uh, destroy my brain with this shrapnel. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's one of him whipping his hair around that says, "Because you're worth it." I'm assuming. What's that? L'Oreal. Is that? Yep. That's L'Oreal. Yep. That's a classic. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't always cry, but when I do, they're magical memory tears. Not sure I understand that. One of him clapping that says Snape approves. Uh, that's a good one there's a uh uh inspirational poster of him hugging lily that says snape headmaster of the friend zone oh so like a demotivational poster yeah it's like it's like a motivational poster but it's but it's not actually motivational that's really good it's crazy uh there's one of him talking to voldemort that says my lord regrettably i forgot the snacks okay there's one of him just making a face that says bummer that famous meme. Yeah. Uh, there's the Half-Blood Prince of Bel-Air. I will say that's at least a joke. Uh, not, sure. Not good, but it's a joke. Yeah. Uh, there's Forgetting Lily Evans. I'm assuming that's Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. Uh, you cannot hold this much sexy, my lord. It's just a picture of Snape. I mean, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Uh, there's a... There's Daniel Radcliffe and Hermione looking at Snape, and he said they they're saying, "Look, Snape, he's limping. Look at Snape, he's limping." And Snape says, "That's not a limp. That's my swagger." Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one of him looking shocked, and it says, "What do you mean, girl hair?" I, what? Good question. Good what? question. What do you mean, girl hair? <laughs> uh, there's one of him pushing Ron and Harry's heads down. It says, "Keep your head down." From that yep. scene in Goblet of Fire. And then there's one yep. of him shrugging that says, I ain't even mad. Okay. Uh, so. Was that the end? That's the end. Keep in I, mind. Maybe I maybe thought that I was going to 
sitting here for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, and it was just going to keep going forever. And I was going to look down and you know, 60 years had gone by. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I was all, like old and frail, um, still listening to these Snape memes. Well, keep in mind, this was to honor his death. <sighs> yeah, it feels really honored. <laughs> Well, Wonderful. Which is your favorite? Mm, yeah, I like I like them all. You know? <laughs> I just think they're all really good. They're all really good. Okay. Fair enough. There's no um, such thing as a bad Snape meme. I would like to retaliate. Oh god. Okay. Yep. I deserve <laughs> I deserve this. I I deserve this. So I I was curious after, you know, you know, the top the top memes of Harry Potter of all time, and that's like a pretty that's a pretty big claim, right? Yeah. Um so I went to the Harry Potter subreddit and sorted by top of all time um <laughs> to see what, what they think the democratic process. Yeah. What could be more appropriate um than a screenshot of a tweet showing Barack Obama Here putting a medal around the neck of Joe Biden. Here you we know go. the picture. I know the picture. The title of the, I guess the like Reddit title of the post, not Slytherin, not Slytherin, and it's a dialogue between Joe Biden and Barack Obama, where Biden says, not Slytherin, not Slytherin. Obama says, Joe, this isn't. And then Biden responds, not Slytherin. And Obama says, you know what? Gryffindor. <sighs> that comes in at 33,000 33, uh, upvotes there. So. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't want to have to do that. that. I mean, that's just like, that's retaliation for sure. I, I, I think I might be above it, but but there you go. I posted three years ago. <laughs> three years ago? Yeah. Only three well, years ago? Uh-huh. I mean, this is, a, this is a screenshot of a tweet. At the time that it was screenshot. Obama wasn't it has, even the damn president. Three years. 3,000 3, retweets on the screenshot, but with 33,000 upvotes on Reddit. There you, ha- there you have it. That's my soul escaping. Yep. <laughs> this, I deserve that, honestly. I've, I've, I've really put you through the ringer these last two episodes in the third segment. Uh, it's kind of, kind of a mutually assured destruction thing for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, the Pokemon thing might have just been a, a, a bridge too far on its own, but then reading the <laughs> 25 Snape memes... Uh, uh, <laughs> To honor the actor's death, uh, my, I, I might have I might have gone a little far in, in some places. That's all right. <sighs> okay, well, uh, we've scorched this earth, I think. Um, yeah. So we should probably take it to the close. What do you say? Sounds good. All right. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can catch them at uh, bandcamp.com, and you can catch us at patreon.com slash shriekcast. You've really, you (laughs) fucking threw a flash grenade at me, and I have not not recovered. (laughs) I I have been flashbanged. My vision is blurry. My ears are (laughs) ringing. I can't. Okay. Hang on. Hold on. You can check us out at patreon.com slash shriekcast, uh, where you can check out all kinds of fun bonus content. We talk about, hey, we're talking about business, the world, the wide world of business this week. <laughs> we're just breaking open the business world just on, breaking the, open on the bonus the business episode world. this week. Yeah, just just doing some meetings, doing some synergy, uh, uh, do, looking at some graphs. It's really exciting. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
What are we reading next week, Liz? We are reading chapter 22. It is called After the Burial. Ooh, that's a really good, like, metal band name, I think, mm-hmm. or, like, like emo yeah. band name. That's pretty cool. I'm excited to see what that's all about. The illustration is a very sad picture of a big dead spider. I am pretty sure this is going to be our luck potion chapter. Ooh, are we it's finally? Time, it is time to reckon with the luck potion, it's finally. T- it's f- time for us to fucking go off on Felix Felicis. Uh-huh. Uh... That's that's exciting to me. I'm excited yeah. to read that. To close out this episode, I think it's time to start this grand experiment of reading Emerson Spartz's tweets. Just for a little nugget of wisdom at the end here. What do you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. When we cynically mock startups for aspiring to change the world, it's time to pause and reflect. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But if startups aren't allowed to have grand ambitions, who is... <laughs> please read another book please read another book but there's a lady there makes ocean raw seem tame better know what you're after if you catch a eye cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise